Buckle up, everyone, and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, the show with three rugby league tragic talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. I'm the chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. Yes, it's Wednesday. You know what that means. It means there's another episode of Carpool Rugby League. Then there were four. There are only four teams left in the competition. Uh, this week we have um, two big games as we uh, basically head towards finding out who are going to be the grand finalists. Uh, we've got the Chameleon on board. Uh, as you'll hear by the sounds of his bo- voice, he's not 100%. But um, I think that's what finals time's all about. Everyone's got a few niggling injuries. Everyone's got a few issues that they're working through. And uh, it takes a fair bit for players to be ruled out this time of year. I think the chameleon needs to go and see a vet. <laughs> <laughs> You've been nuded, haven't you? <laughs> well, been <look>. something. <laughs> look, we're glad to have you on board here tonight, chameleon. Uh, hopefully, Shana will join us at some stage. We've got plenty to talk about. Uh, it is a big show, but it's a big week in rugby league. And really what we're counting down to and looking forward to are the two big um, preliminary finals this week. The Cowboys taking on the Eels Friday night and then the Panthers taking on the Rabbitohs Saturday night. The winners of those two games will meet in the grand final. Um, very, very close. Um, we'll talk about the footy um, in a moment, Griffo. But just one thing while we, we think of it at the top of the show, it was something we wanted to bring up this week. And I thought I might as well hit it at the top of the show because we're not sure where it will come up and fit in. But um, we were just talking briefly off-air about the um, the Mario Fennec story that was on um, Channel 7 the other night and uh, gave us a great insight to some of the uh, implications of um, these head injuries that we're seeing and why why the game uh, is heading towards the, the way it is in trying to be safer for the players. Yeah, um, very emotional uh, I found myself uh, really feeling uh, for Mario and his family. Um, you know, like yeah, I grew well. Mario's—he's only really he's five years older than me, mm. um, but I feel as though I grew up watching Mario Fennec play, you know, I, I mean, I, by the time he came into first grade, I was you know, probably, uh, uh, probably my teens, I guess, uh, late teens, but he's just been a part of rugby league for so long, not just as a player, um, but then as a, as a personality, um, uh, on the you know on the footy show largely, um, and he was entertaining, uh, and my ex-wife, uh, we used to watch the footy show. She don't like footy, but she liked that. And and you know Mario was a favourite. Um, 
as as is a favourite of all rugby league supporters because mm. just uh, he's got that charisma. Um, he's such a likable guy, and you're drawn to him, and and uh, you can see the genuineness that he has and and his love not just of rugby league which is immense but of the fans um so it was really sad watching that but i found myself several times smiling just uh, <clears throat> at some of the things that came up in the show um just some of the things he was saying um I've got great admiration for his family and for him because he knows that he's got issues, but he's doing everything he can to get the most out of every day of his life, to enjoy life. And you know, I, I just wish him every possible happiness. Yeah. Um, uh, I just really think it's something, you know, I, this CTE, so I, <clears throat> excuse, sorry guys, um, you hear about it, it came up a lot a few years ago with, you know, with the American football. I know the NRL are serious about it and, and trying to reduce any potential risk to players. Now there's a risk there, obviously, and they know that, but trying to reduce the risks. There's well, God be supportive of any measure taken to control uh, illegal play. Uh, I know most of the concussions we're really seeing these days are more uh, where there's no illegal play. Mm -hmm. So someone gets it wrong in the tackle um, and it's, it's reasonably rare now to see a guy knocked out from an illegal play. Uh, yes, it still happens. Yep. But it's it don't happen often. And of course, we've got all the protocols in place and, and they've just got to be adhered to. I did see... Uh, I did see... what I don't normally see the English Super League, but I was watching uh, Johnny Bateman, uh, yeah. who took out... Um, Caesar. Uh, Caesar, yeah. It was <clears throat> Hail Caesar. Um, uh yeah, now he almost turned him the into reaction, a salad. He did, and he knew he did wrong. And uh, you know, he he's he did everything he could to try and uh, apologize, and he didn't mean it. But um, he copped a three-game suspension for that, which apparently I heard this morning. Two of those games he's going to serve with the English Knights, which is like the England eight. He won't be. He wouldn't be picked. For those guys, like it, it should just be served next year, and mm. um, yeah. you know, like yeah. like you near know, the Warrior Hargreaves thing, should be served in a Roosters uh, situation. But I mean, oh, sorry, I've gotten off topic here. Getting back to Mario. Mario, <laughs> sorry. I mean, it's he lived in in an era where, but that sort of hit from Johnny Bateman was was stock standard, you know, yeah. happened all the time. Ordered. Well, you yeah, know, you want it was tough football. Particularly if you took someone out that you didn't want to 
to be continuing in the game is going to help your team win. Mm. Um, different time. Uh, but we now know that that it's come at a cost. Didn't know it at the time. Um, so I guess there's a lot of learnings out of that. And, and as I said, he's only five years older than me. Yeah. I, I hope he lives... Sixty years old. Yeah, I hope he lives a long and, and happy life. But that's that's you know, everybody knows that it's not going to be be a fairy tale. Um, but he's doing what he can with his uh, keeping the physical fitness. Um, so I just wish him well. And I, I don't know. You you think they'd do maybe some sort of fundraising? Um, you know he. he Part of that story that was really sad was he just forgot to do the the health insurance. Yeah, and the life insurance. Now, yeah, like you know, some some testimonial or something. I, I'm sure you know things can be done to help Um, because if ever a guy gave his absolute all to this game of rugby league that we love, uh, it, it was Mario Fennec. So. Um, sad as it was, but yeah, some really nice pieces that I found smiling at just some of the things that have happened over the years and, and just some of the things that still Mario was, uh, you know, one liners and whatnot. So, wish him well and his family, yeah. And, and he's definitely a legend of, of the game. Um, and as you said, like on and off the field, and you never hear anyone say a bad word about him. I mean, obviously, from from my point of view, he's an absolute legend um, of the Rabbitohs club and someone who I know, you know, fellow Carpool Rugby League um, uh, uh, member Shane, uh, you know, he's a little bit older than me. He was He's Shane's favourite player and I think to this day he's still Shane's favourite favorite Rabbitoh of all time. He's one of my favourites, obviously, too, being a club legend and he's, he's still involved in the club. I mean, it was really good to see... I saw on our social media today that he's been out at training in the last couple of days. So it's not just one of those things where he he says all these things. He lives it. He's still there at Rabbitohs training. I even remember um, many years ago, he was out at Rabbitohs training at the same time I was and we were talking um, about how they were going to go in the upcoming season. The passion he has for rugby league is absolutely phenomenal. The passion he has for life is uh, just something that's inspiring. And um, yeah, we, we just can't do anything but but wish him well and um, and um, yeah and, and hope for the best. I do know that um, there's uh, on Facebook one of the South Sydney fan groups have uh, started a bit of a fundraiser. Just just these are just fans that just watched the um, the show the other night and they run a little Facebook group. It's the uh, South Sydney Rabbitohs fan um, group on Facebook. They were trying to raise some money. I, I, I'm trying to look for an updated um, amount there, but just in the last few days, just Rabbitohs fans on Facebook just chipping in have raised around $12,000 that they're hoping to donate to um, to, to the cause of Mario Fennec there to help him out with his with his care that's and good. help his family. And that's this is, this is a really good example too where these are stories that bring rugby league together. I think it's Absolutely. really... It's a really good... Um, I think it's a it's a good representation of what the rugby league community really is. I know when people in the community of rugby league get it wrong, uh, we hear about it, 
But I think the support for Mario and um, the well wishes have been great. And um, yeah, as, as you said, you, you summed it up pretty well, Griffo. He's an absolute legend, not only of, um, you know, the the Rabbitohs club. We know he played for, for Norse and the, the Crushers as well. And it's where we get the famous Falcon um, uh, uh, terminology. Course, yeah, when he was tapping in the that's Crushers. Right. <laughs> he was heading off the field yeah. and the ball hit him in the head. And even to this day, yeah. that's, 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 that's just um, Australian slang for getting hit in the yeah. head with the ball. And it's a lot just of not just rugby league. No. People talk about AFL, they use it as well. Mm. The Falcon. So, uh, look, I absolute mean, gentleman. I think a gentleman's the best yeah. way to put it. Um, yeah. Uh, he's just so kind and gentle and he's given a lot to rugby league and um yeah it's good to see that the fans are, are hoping to to give something back but yeah you, you make a good point there griffo it'll be good to see if um not only for mario but we, we, we we're going to see and i know we've seen a lot of players from that era who have had um struggles with their health and you know some of it being you know, early onset dementia and issues from concussion. I mean, one thing that I can recall we talked about recently on the podcast was the um, the great walk that uh, Royce Simmons Royce. did. You know, yeah. it's similar era. Uh, and unfortunately, I feel like we might get a... We're going to hear of a, a few more of these players as they enter their 60s. Um, we're going to learn a lot about the ongoing impacts of the, um, I suppose, the, the tough game that was rugby league in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Um... It, it's inevitable when you think about it yeah um because it, it was a different game then to what it is today yeah um and this is was, and mario one of the things he kept saying like <laughs> it was kill or be killed that's right and, and, and you know <laughs> we used to always joke about mario and say he'd spend most of his time either sent off or in the sin bin uh because of you know how hard he played the game but i think um one thing that you know, we can see when we um, when we have the visible impacts, uh, like on the story the other night on Channel 7, those people who are saying, oh, the game's changing and oh, it's not what it used to be and they're a bit, you know, cheesed off that there's these rules around um, high tackles and concussions and shoulder charges and whatnot. The, the main goal is to make the game safer so that the human beings that play the game are healthier when they finish, you know? And as we saw the other night, these are husbands, fathers, the, 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 these are people who are, um, you know, as precious as you as I are to, to our family. And um, I think that I'll, I'll, got, I'll basically put it this way, I've got no issue with, with what the game does um, if, if we're looking at uh, improving the quality of life of these players, um, not only during their careers, but after. It's it's I think I think safety and the the player's health has got to come first. So um, it was a I, I thought it was a really good insight into um, into you know some of the things that are trying to be uh, avoided as a game. So yep, um, yeah, definitely all our best to to Mario Fennick and his family. Um, but not only that, Griffo did we have last week on Channel Seven that special? We had some footy last week, and um, look, it all kicked off on Friday night. The, uh, the Parramatta Eels absolutely wiped the floor with the Canberra Raiders in this one, Griffo. We saw a 40 points uh, to four scoreline. Uh, it, it was all one-way traffic. Uh, Xavier Savage pulled one back for the Raiders about 10 minutes before half time, But um, it was um, Parramatta, Parramatta, Parramatta the other night. And the people uh, in Western Sydney are very excited this week because they're 80 minutes from a grand final. 
Yeah, I was actually quite disappointed last weekend uh, in the standard of uh, the two games. Um, credit, obviously, to Para and to South Sydney uh, for being very good, but it was just one-way traffic in both games from very early on in the piece. Um, as I said, firstly, you know, in terms of Parramatta, yeah, they were on fire. Um, and, and we've seen them play like that before. So they were great, um, but they, they had very, very little opposition. Um, the game was over well and truly early on in the piece. And um, uh, while Parra were very good, their opposition were very poor. So mm. disappointing. And it was a repeat the next night, really. I mean, South Sydney just, Mark Nichols was smashing, baby. You know. <laughs> it just, after, you know, straight through from close range. Now, that was two minutes into the game after the Sharks had, uh, I think, put down the ball from memory. And, and it was just, uh, it was awful. Mm. Um, not obviously if you were a diehard Raditor <laughs> supporter like your good self. Like, um, the, uh, like yeah. the ones they kept showing on the TV after there's the points. Those, there's <laughs> the boys. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've got a bit yeah. of airtime. Someone showed me a, a pic today that you've been used by the ABC. Uh, did you see that photo? Yes, the um, the ABC Sport Instagram page have decided to use a photo of um, Shano and myself. Um, it was uh, a post showing South Sydney's final run to indicate that we've made the preliminary final five years in a row mm. and one grand final in there. So Couldn't imagine two more suitable candidates uh, as models. <laughs> That's so. fine, two lunatics. But it, it was it was it was true. Like when you look at the weekend's games, I mean as I said, the Paramount Eels very dominant, forty points to to four. The other game uh, on the weekend, South Sydney thirty eight points to twelve. Both were um were blowouts in a sense, like yeah. I mean, realistically, um, yeah, it was one way traffic for 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 both games. Um, didn't ever feel like Parramatta were in doubt. I I was very confident once South got to eighteen nil. I think that Cam Murray, that soft Cam Murray try up the middle before half time, um, made Rabbitohs fans a lot more comfortable, and the Sharks never got back into it. Uh, it was it was an interesting. Interesting week of football in a sense too when I look at, say, for example, that Para Raiders game. Um, I feel like Parramatta, and this is where I think they deserve a lot of credit for being a little bit more adaptable, and I know you'd appreciate that being the chameleon, but we, we usually see this really big power game through the middle where they just they just barge, barge, barge through the middle, and then they've, they they often will might might use some block plays and and go out the back and have Gutherson and Dylan Brown and all that orchestrating out the back. Parramatta on the on the weekend the the power game wasn't as evident. I felt like Parramatta played um, a little bit flatter. And for those who weren't paying too much attention, have a have a bit of a look at the way Parramatta played last week and keep that in mind for this week with the Cowboys. Because it wasn't as though they had a block play and a player running through and they were going to the other player out the back. They had the players both flat at the line and it was like they were either ready to throw the short ball or the long ball and they played a lot of football at the line. 
And I really think that worried Canberra, and especially when you look at that um, try that um, Junior Borlo scored where he just went through the middle and it was just so easy. I, I think the Raiders, in a sense, they were sort of uh, on the back foot and just, just waiting to see what happened because they weren't, they weren't sure what option they were going to go through. And I thought it showed good variety in the in the Parramatta attack. Yeah. Well, they got... Look, I've, I've said it all year. They've got a very, very good rugby league team. Uh, <clears throat> I know they've had some embarrassing losses, but it didn't change the way I felt that, yeah, they're going to have those games where, you know, they don't turn up all that well. But when they do turn up, they'll beat anyone. And, um, you know, they're, they're as close as they've been in a long, long time to, to uh, break in the drought. Um, and, yeah, they, well, we're going to talk about the games. Yeah, 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 we'll, yeah. We'll, you know, but it's hard to talk about Paramount without the context of, of the Cowboys, but yeah. Yeah, but we'll get to that. But... Um, credit where it's due uh, Brad Arthur there's always controversy around Brad Arthur and, and the day before the game I think it was when that oh, the nepotism that, yeah I mean that was insane like there's somewhere in that club that's got to come puts, from within and leave. yeah oh, it has uh, there's someone in that club who puts their interest of getting a new coach above the success of the of the team on the field it's bizarre I mean I, I don't understand that no and and I know it's been a club divided for decades um, we've seen all sorts of different regimes in power after um, Dennis Fitzgerald was you know like a dictator for for several decades but that's where they had the success in the 80s. He was in charge. Mm. And he um, got Jack Gibson to come and coach him. They won three premierships in a row in the early 80s. And then uh, John Mooney came in and they, they won in 86. So, and, it, and that's it. That's the history of, of premierships at Parramatta. Yeah. In the 1980s. And, and you look at, like, you know, obviously, you know, you had the 2001, 2009. We've talked about it here. This is their opportunity. They're, they're, a lot of people are saying their window shuts um, in, in two weeks' time. If they don't have a, another premiership in two weeks' time, um, there might be a bit of a rebuilding phase. Um, I know we're going to talk about the game against the Cowboys later, but this is a really good shot for them to, um, to, to win that premiership that they've been waiting 36 years for. Um, so really, to, to have those comments come out and say anything that's going to be detrimental to the club, anything that's going to impact uh, their preparation or their chances of winning this premiership is just absolutely bizarre. And um, yeah, regardless of whether you're within the club and you think that, coming out and saying that to someone, leaking that to the media, can't see how that helps the club as a whole. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, look, just on that, um, just quickly before we start talking a bit about next week's games, um, the Rabbitohs and the Sharks. We know the Sharks now have gone out in straight sets. They came second. Um, even though they went out in straight sets, I know that from second position, that's going to seem like a, um, a failure looking at the finals. You come in 
second, you'd you'd want to hope that you you win a game in the finals and you know you make a push for a premiership. But overall, as a season, now that the Sharks are no longer a part of this competition, it was Fitzgibbon's first year. They've got some, they had a lot of new players coming in. But overall, within the club, they'll be wanting to have had a win in the finals. But but overall, if I said to you at the start of the year, Griffo, look, the Sharks will come second and go out in straight sets. Would you would you say that that's a that's a success for them? I know it's a bit of a bittersweet one, but where do you think that that fits on that uh, that scale? I think it's a little bit similar to the Broncos, Graham, that um, if we say at the start of the year, this is how many points you're going to get. You yes. know, 14 or 13 wins, I think that. Um, yep. And 11 losses. The Sharks, you know, they were you know, second uh, after Penrith. Um, yeah. I think they might have had 17 wins. I'm not sure exactly. 18 wins. 18 wins. Six 18 losses. wins, was it? Yeah, okay. finished on 38 points. Well, every Sharks fan laps that up before <laughs> yeah. the season. Okay, we're going to have 18 wins and six losses. Uh, we'll take it. Thank you. Um, but again, you know, at the start of the season, I thought the Cowboys were going to be uh, the spooners. <laughs> Correct. So what we – and I know where you're coming from, Graham, because, yes um, – Looking back on 2022, let's say success, but the way that they bowed out, yeah, they're going to see it as a you know as a failure um, ultimately because you put yourself in that position to, to come second to get a home final at uh, points bet whatever it's called Shark Park. Um, they pushed to have the game played there, and rightly so, because they felt it was their best chance. But they um, they let it slip. They were in charge of that game uh, right up until you know Talmalolo went over in, in mm. the last minute to to get it to back to to level pegging, and um, yeah, I, I hate the word if. So I'm not going to talk about what if. I know, but you're, you're making the point they were close. Yeah, but it's not yeah. good enough. Yeah. Um, it just showed that, yeah, even though they've they've had a really good season overall, that when when it got down to the important stuff, they weren't good enough. Yeah. Um, so it, it, Coach Fitzgibbon was, was very, very disappointed, obviously. Um yeah, it's. I, I don't think he's going to look at it as a successful year. No, I think he'll give it a pass mark, but but um, to bow out like they did, it, it, the players would be disappointed, the staff's disappointed, obviously their fans would be disappointed, but um, the question mark will be, are they going to go any better next year? Hmm. Um, the uh, the only signing of note, I believe, is State of Oregon Kafusi. Um, yes. I know they were missing a few players in the back line, which made a bit of a difference. Talakai was a huge loss. It was, but... And even um, Hunt up front, I don't think people talk about true. that enough. Um, you know, they get 
He's very underestimated. We'll come back on the wing, but I just think uh, there's going to be a lot of question marks over over that team yeah. going forward. I mean, they're, they're a good team. No doubt they're a good team. But are they a great team? Not yet. And, um, yeah, and I think you make a good point about it all being relative as well because the the Sharks will be looking at... You've you got to sort of take it from where they are at a certain point. I mean, we, we could even look at the Parramatta Eels. Uh, you know, you go back eight weeks ago when they weren't in the four to say they make the grand final qualifier. It's a, it's a good success. However, you look at where they're at now... Um, they're looking for a premiership. Similar thing to South Sydney. Um, in the last fortnight, we haven't heard much talk about the fact that they finished seventh on the ladder um, because, you know, it was one of those situations where even a fortnight before the finals, we weren't even sure that South Sydney were going to make the finals. Right. And now there's a lot of talk about this being the fifth prelim in a row. It's a failure if they don't have a premiership. And this is a team coming from yeah. seventh. No one wants to talk I about it. I don't think it's a failure at all. And it's, 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 it's all relative. And, but you look at it from South Sydney. Now they've beaten the Sharks. They'll want to make the grand final. I know they've got a bigger task this week. Um, but, 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 you know, on the weekend they were dominant. Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you, being at the game, watching it very closely, there was the factor that Talakai was out and they had to have a bit of a shuffle. But for me, this game was a bit of a styles clash. And and what I mean by that is that the Sharks, when they play football, they've had a lot of success this year um, moving side to side and laterally. They, they tend to go around teams and they have a lot of success doing so. There were a few times here and there where they did get around South um, or they tried to. There was one intercept that, um, that South Sydney took. But it was... A styles clash for me in a sense that when you look at the way South Sydney defend, it's it's a bit different to a lot of other teams. A lot of other teams set, tend to jam their wingers in and they push in from the sides and, um, you know, almost a bit like the umbrella defence, but, but at, at a high intensity. South Sydney tend to defend the other way. They push up through the middle and tend to try and push teams out to the sides. And what that does is it almost just squeezes them out of space down the sideline. South almost used the two sidelines as an extra defender. And we actually saw that a little bit as well when they were a couple of players down against the Roosters. And we saw when the Sharks tried to go laterally and around South Sydney, they just ran out of room. And there were a lot of times where they just got to the sideline and had um, nowhere to go. It's it's very interesting because I um you know I'll talk about it a bit later in South Sydney's way of defending and why I'm concerned about the way they defended against the Sharks working against the Sharks and why I think they need to change a bit against the Panthers, but I think for the Sharks coming up against a team that that defended that way they um they really struggled with that, um, but look overall for the Sharks Griffo I think uh, we saw some highs and some lows throughout the season. But uh, ultimately, going out in straight sets for them, they'll they'll consider that a low. But it, it it does set up a it sets up a massive week of football this week. Um, before we get to this week's footy, I should ask you, Griffo, do you have a grab this week? Do. All right. Well, I better give you some uh, some music and uh, make it all official. It's time for the chameleons. Oh, Griffo's grab. <laughs> All right, what caught your eye? Week two finals. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I'm going for Mitchell Moses this week. Mm. Um, the trial, I thought he had a great game all round, but um, and, and he was uh, he was under fire from from Jack White in a few times. Um, but the try that he scored, uh, where Junior Bolo um, charged at the defence, sort of turned around, it brought White and was attracted in towards him, which left a gap. And Moses just exploded through that gap and then uh, set sail for the corner um, and just showed his pace. He's a very, very quick halfback. Uh, you had Savage coming across. Um, I don't know if he's a contender for this week's gaff, poor old Xavier, but... Um, I mean, he scored a great try himself, but uh, Moses just got there and it's not for the first time um, that he's done some, you know, some great things at, at, uh, at Bankwest as it was or Combank. Um, he scored the first try there. He's, he's sort of, he owns that ground, to be fair. Um, it's his playground. And uh, I'd be pretty confident if the Cowboys were coming to to bank, uh, to sorry, to Combank this week, I'd be confident of a Parramatta victory. But mm. um, but Mitch Moses caught my eye, uh, as did his team. Um, but uh, this week's grab for me. Yeah, and he's been um, he's he's been in good form, and and we often say. Like we know that Nathan Cleary's the, you know, probably the well, not probably Nathan Cleary's the best half in the game. Uh, when we talk about representative sides, Mitchell Moses, his his name was coming up also too. He's he's the type of bloke that you know if if needed, you know we were we were happy to have him included in State of Origin. Just on the back of that conversation, there is Mitchell Moses. Has he done enough to to be in the Kangaroo squad for you? Do you think? He has for me. Yeah. Not picking the team. No, I know you're not, but if you were just hypothetically, yeah. obviously we have these hypotheticals. Oh, well, I'd have him yeah. number two halfback. Yeah. Yeah. Because obviously, um, yeah, well, Luai's, um, he, he'll be playing for Samoa. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, Daily so Cherry, Daily Cherry Evans, Evans will be there. Um, he'll be there, but I, I have Moses above DCE now for sure. Yeah, and, and and look, just while while I bring that up, I actually wanted to ask you tonight, Griffo. It's um, actually a nice little segue there on the back of um, Mitchell Moses and his great form, and obviously we're going to talk about him significantly in our preview for this week. The World Cup is coming up at the end of the year. Um, few talking points in regards to team selections. Um, just one there about the halves, but I mentioned Luai playing for Samoa, another player who today has officially announced that he will be playing for Samoa, is uh, Joseph, uh, Joseph Swali'i. Just wanted to get your yeah. um, your thoughts on that because all of a sudden, Samoa is starting to build a really strong team. When you look at some of the um, the players they've got there, their back line, I think, is going to be really impressive with the likes of well, Swali'i now. I mean, you've got your choice of... I, th- I think, you know, you put him in the centres, you're going to have Crichton at fullback. Um you know, Luai, I think Milford will probably be the halves. Um, 
like you know, you you look at it. There's a lot of uh, young blokes from Penrith there, plus Swaliti, who is a young bloke from Penrith, really as well. Yeah. Um, you know, they've got a they've got a they've got a good uh, good talented young backline there, Samara. Well, all of a sudden. No doubt, um, no doubt whatsoever. I I was a little bit disappointed when I saw that this afternoon or this evening because um, I really thought he was going to be on the wing for Australia. Yes, as a kangaroo, um, I'm I'm a bit disappointed they won't play for us. Yeah, but um, that's yeah. his yeah, it yeah is his, his decision. Choice, but... for, if that's where his passion lies, go go for it. Awesome, yeah. and and it, and and look, it's the other side of the coin is that it um it helps promote the profile of some of these other um these other nations. I mean, for a long time, people have talked about the fact that you've got England. Um, you know, I mean, well, even the game admits by having Tia one and tier two teams that there's a there's a divide there um you know if you're if you're Samoan you're cheering yeah you are um yeah I mean for me uh look I can't say you know who should represent who but um you've born been born in a country Raised in a country, in some cases, never set foot in a country you're representing. And I'm not saying he has or he hasn't. I mean, I'm not having a go at him either by any stretch. But yeah, I just, uh, and I'm not in his shoes. So yeah, I'm we're just, just guessing. But, but I think I get what you're saying. Is it, is it fair to say that? Where do you um, draw the line? You know? Yeah. Where do you actually but, say, like, uh, uh, is it a worry that his goal isn't? To, is it is it a worry that his goal is not to represent Australia? That 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 is not seen as the pinnacle of our game to be a kangaroo. Because I know a lot of players will look at it and say, look, the, the ultimate. I mean, we know we know Origins the pinnacle, and we'll, we'll just put that aside for a moment. But is there? You know, is there an issue? Is it a bit of a concern as an Australian, as a Kangaroos fan, that these young players aren't looking at the Kangaroos jersey and they don't have this desire to say, I really want to wear that green and gold jersey and be a Kangaroo? Well, for me, it is. Yeah. But that counts for nothing, really. Um, it's just a personal opinion. Um, uh but you see, if he was if he was to offer the Blues jersey because he was in the Blues squad, he'd take it. Yeah. This 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 I think proves our point that that Origin is the pinnacle and that the Blues jersey is valued more than the well, King it Blues is. One. It is valued one. more by most players. Yep, they see today, that as the pinnacle today. Yep, um, where it wasn't in the past, um, choices were not really there. If you look at other sports, Graham, we don't see this sort of thing. No, no. The representing you, your nation is the pinnacle. Yeah, and and your nation is is where you were raised, probably born. And I mean, let's say we look at the Australian soccer team or the football team, the Socceroos. Mm. Um. It's it's a cultural mix of 
Australians from all backgrounds. Um, yeah, a lot of those players who, probably who have eligibilities proud, for other nations. Yeah, proud of their heritage. And they talk about, you know, the, the parents, etc., grandparents. But who do they want to play for? They want to play for Australia. Mm. Um, is this a is this a rugby league thing? Is it something where as a game? Yes, we're, that's what, we've well, that's what wrong. I'm saying. We've gone down the wrong path. We we, we're off the beaten we track, we and we haven't valued it, we haven't valued this kangaroo's jersey. Is it because we've um, got so much fondness for state of origin that we've there's an oversight for the uh, the international pride? I think to some degree it's because. As much as, and, and I want the game to expand globally, um, but we've still got essentially just a handful of serious teams uh, in the international game. Um, mm. And if we look at the teams that are on, on the rise, they're all teams where the players, uh, you know, are looking at, at their, their heritage, whether it be one or two generations ago, rather than growing the game in various countries. And that's something to take a long time, I know, long after I'm gone. And, and I really would love to see the game as a legitimate international game, like um, you know, it's a game I don't like, but rugby union, um, more of an international game, you'd say, um, than than our game. But um, again, it's it's not completely. While it's played in many countries, it's only played seriously in in a handful, but more than more than rugby league, um, and and. Um, these guys going to represent their heritage country, I guess, is going to help that expansion of, of the international game. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I've got to support that, but I just don't, I just have this. It's a double-edged sword. It is. Yeah. Because, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a proud Australian, even though maybe I don't sound like it sometimes. Um, <laughs> But I, I want to see Australia do well in, in whatever uh, it is competing in. Um, and there's so many guys just saying, I want to play for another country. Well, um, the Samoan team, I'll be honest with you, just before we, you know, we get too much into the, um, into the World Cup, I also want to get your thoughts on... Um, a specific position in Australia's team because we've talked about it in the past and it's really heating up. But here's 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 a you know done a bit of a bit of a look in today at some of the the possibilities for a, for the Samoa squad. So they could very well have a back line that includes Suwali, To'o, Crichton, Tago, May, Luai, Milford. That's that's a that's a pretty good back line. And then you've got um you know forwards. I think Josh Papali'i has. Said that he would yeah. play for Samoa. Um, <laughs> Junior Valo. Yeah, Junior Valo. Um, Josh Alawai, uh, Oshay Ole. Oh, yeah, he's, 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 yeah. he's there. Um, Oshay. Uh, Jaden Sua, F- 
Fatala Mariner. Um, I, I, I think the Hammer is eligible. Is Um, he? as far as I thought I'm, it was from the Torres Straits. I, I, I look. This is from my research. I'm looking at here at possible eligibility for Samoa. Whether or not he's, you know, aligned any eligibility, I don't know. But uh, he's on the list that's come up in my um in my uh in my research. So I could be wrong. But yeah, there's other players who have. I'm talking about eligibility here. Whether or not they've um, talked about their allegiance or not. But uh, Aaron Clark. Um, who else we got? Marty Tapao, I think's got the eligibility. Um, Hamlin Uele, Royce Hunt. There's there's a lot of players there now. What I'm saying, a lot of those players have, as I said, like that back line I talked about. You know, Swali, Tau, Crichton. Sorry, Tau, Crichton, Tago, May, Luai, Milford. That could very well be the the one to seven that runs out for Samara in the World Cup. Um, as I said, some of those others are eligible. It it just shows that um. You know, there's that there's that possibility for them to um, to represent. Um, I think also players like Bunty Afoa, um, Harris Tavita also have eligibility. Um, so yeah, look, look, I'm just saying that in regards to the eligibility. My point being that um, sides like Samoa could could really you know really shake up this competition. Um, we also know that Australia is the team that we've been focusing on throughout the year and their selections. We talked briefly there about Mitchell Moses. Before we go into, um, well, I've still got to do the, the gaff and the previews for this week. I want to ask you about the number nine for Australia because a lot of people have suggested that this week the, the Coruscant versus Cook matchup could be a battle for the number nine. We kind of come from it from a bit of a different angle, angle because I know that for a year or so, um, You've been saying, Griffo, that Harry Grant could very well be the player that's Australia's number nine. The other name I'm going to throw into the mix is the player who could be awarded the Daly M in a couple of weeks is, is Ben Hunt. So for <coughs> me, it's really, we've got Hunt, Grant, Coruscant, Cook as possible options. I just want to get your thoughts on where we're at at the moment. I mean, they may all well be part of the side, but... Just your thoughts on that um, Australian number nine and what you think would fit best in that Kangaroos World Cup squad. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, yeah, Harry Grant and Ben Hunt on the bench. Yeah, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? Like, so out of those four, the two that people are talking up this week, the incumbent Cook and obviously Coruscant, they could very well be the players that um, don't find themselves in a, in a Kangaroos 17. I, I think... I think Appy has probably been just in club form the best hooker this year. Yep. Um, I'd agree. Because I don't consider Ben Hunt a hooker. Uh, but his versatility is such that he will be in the 17. Um, personally, I, I, would have him at number 14 and I would have Harry Grant at nine. Now I believe they're only selecting 24 players mm. um, for the, the squad. So given they're only playing six matches at most, I think three of which are basically against minnows. I can't see Appy or Damien Cook 
making the cut unless um, something happens to one of the other two guys uh, in the PNG, uh, Prime Minister's 11 or 13, so sorry, wrong game. Um, um, Still talking about the Socceroos. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> I think Appy is deserving of, and he's come out and say he want to represent Australia. He's a guy of Fijian heritage, obviously. Yeah. I don't know if he was born in Fiji or not, but um, he's lived here, if not his whole life, then certainly the great majority of it. And um, I, I think he, he deserves a spot personally, but depends how many hookers Mal wants to pick because essentially Appy is just a hooker. Um, he could fill in the halves, but I don't think that's going to happen. So if you're only picking 24, I can't see either mm. Appy or Damien Cook uh, making the, the cut. I think Damien Cook is probably number four in that list. Um, and he's been a great player for a long time. But I think those guys are ahead of him. Yeah. Yeah, look, it's very interesting there to think that the, um, you know, I've heard, I heard in the media this week they're talking about Cook versus Coruscant for the Australian jersey. And I was thinking, I have a feeling that the blokes that may end up in the Australian jersey um, are already uh, out of the competition. But, um, yeah. yeah, just a, just an interesting chat. And that's, that's going to keep, um, you know, a lot of interest going forward even when the season's done because it is a World Cup year. There's a lot of talk about what's going to happen at the World Cup and it's great to keep an eye on and uh, it's, it's very exciting to see. And um, one other just, thing, yeah, go on, go on. Yeah, no, just on, on, on that, um, there's been talk of incumbency and I think they said Cook was the incumbent and talked about DCE was the incumbent halfback. Well, I believe the last time they played was three years ago. Um, they played a game and were beaten by Tonga uh, or the something something Tonga it wasn't the official Tonga but essentially it was Tonga so I don't think incumbency when your last game was like three years ago and you lost I don't think I don't know where incumbency comes in um, that's my personal view I, 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 I wouldn't pick Cherry Evans I I know he will get picked. He'll be there. He'll be there. I know he will, but in my 24, he wouldn't be there. I'd have Cleary and I'd have Mitchell Moses. Um, and then you got Monster 58. Um, you got Matt Burton, who'd be in there um, as I, you know, you could cover a few spots. That's what I would go with, but I don't think that's going to. Uh, that's going to be the way it goes. I think Mitch Moses will be representing Lebanon. Um, um, which is good for Lebanon, um, but uh, but I'd, I'd have him there ahead of DCE yeah. person. And and you look at it, as you said, I think the last um, the last squad that was selected was for the games in 2019. I think they played New Zealand and Tonga. Um, and and look, you know, I mean, most of the players that are there obviously are top quality players, but. I mean, the, the squad involved players like, you know, Nick Kotrick. Uh, you know, there's players there 
Clemmer, Vaughan. Like I'm not I'm not you know putting these blokes down, but what I'm saying is there's a lot of water that's gone under the bridge since you know since then, sure. and and you know I wouldn't imagine that you know someone like a Tyson Frizzell or a Wade Graham would be considered an incumbent. No um, so no. you know to, to talk about incumbency for the for the uh, Kangaroos. Given the fact, as you said, that we're looking at three years ago since there's been a game, we've really got to they lost. start again. Yeah, that's true. So if anything, um, change it because it didn't work. So <laughs> you know, like it's a, you know that whole it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, it was broke, so let's fix it. But um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think you're going to see a new wave of players coming through, and it's a great opportunity to see some some new players represent the Kangaroos. And um, look the other to interesting thing. Sorry, Grant. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that happened this morning is Payne Haas ruled himself out. Yes. Um, now, he was actually also thinking of possibly joining Samoa, um, but apparently he had told Coach Meninga that he, he was going to be eligible for Australia, but has uh, now decided that he is taking time off. And we know he's, he, he had a number of injuries during the year. And he wants to just give his body a rest. He's committed himself to the Broncos. Um, and he wants the off-season to rest and recover, uh, let his body get better. Um, so that is a big blow to the Kangaroos because the prop stocks are somewhat thin now. Mm, I feel like there might be a, a bolter that people don't expect to make the, the Kangaroos squad now, given that... Um... That Haas won't be there. He also um he also won the um the top medal at the um, Brisbane Broncos award. He got their player of the wheel of the year award. I think it's a is it the Paul Morgan medal they give away. But um, sure. yeah, he he won that uh, this Third week. Year in a row. That's so four that. four years. Four years in a row. Okay. He's twenty two. He's won it four times. That's phenomenal. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that, that's an interesting one too. I know a lot of people saying, you know, obviously um, Carrigan had a bit of, missed a few games and so on and so forth. But um, look, he won it. Congratulations to him. It just shows yeah. how dominant he's been at the Broncos and important to the club. 22 years old. And um, who have we got left, Grant? For, for, well, obviously Carrigan is going to be a prop. Um, I don't think Christian Welsh is going to be considered. You know, um, he's been out all year. I don't know if he's going to be right or not. But, um, it's pretty thin. I'd have Lodge there, personally. Yeah, I think he's. Um, I think he's. You know, he did his crime. I think he's done his time on the outer. Um, obviously, yeah. I, mean, I think he's going geez. better than pretty much anyone else. Was he'd he have to be. Up? He'd definitely have to be considered. Um, Campbell Gillard, obviously. Campbell Gillard will be looked at. Um, I think. Big Tino, can it, would, would you put yeah, it? Yeah, okay, given, yeah, of course. Big given that, given yeah. that you've got Murray and, and Yo and you've got to fit them yeah. all in a background lock, I think Tino might be used as a uh, He'll as have a to be. Prop. be um, yeah, yeah, I think Lodge will be in the conversation. Um, I think Trevojevic might be asked to, to play a lot in the middle. Because really, if you look at their forwards... Um, I'm just thinking off the top of my head here. As you said, Carrigan and probably Tino because your back row is going to be Murray is going to have to play in the second row because Yo will get lock. Crichton. 
Angus Crichton will be there. Um, you'd imagine then if Crichton's in the starting side, Liam Martin might be on the bench. Um, then you start to get into... Possibly Jay Arrow. Yeah, Hudson Young. No, no. Hudson no. Young. Yeah, Hudson Young will be there. Yeah. Lindsay, Lindsay Collins, maybe a Nenai. Collins's got to be fit. Yeah. That's true. My, do you know who's my bolter for the squad? It depends what para do over the next couple of weeks. Sean Lane. Yeah. Sean Lane has been someone I've been talking about the last couple of weeks for people been outstanding who, this year. who want a bolter for the Churchill Medal. If para win, he he he's he's a look. But yeah, I mean, that's the, but he's the, the second rower. I thought, yeah, I thought true. Yeah, no, I'm just it. saying like forwards but, in general. No. Uh, but props, as I said, for props they're thin. Once you get Tino Campbell Gillard, um, Carrigan. Yeah, you're then looking at blokes like I think they're going to look at blokes like Trebojevic playing effectively prop. I think you're going to find Locks playing prop and just being asked to to go up the middle. But yeah, there's a fair shortage of props. But yeah, yeah I'd, I'd, I'd just, have Lodge just, in there. Just I think Lodge might be in the squad. Whether he'll make a seventeen for the Kangaroos, oh, I'm not I'd, sure. I'd but he'll be in the squad. squad. Absolutely. Yeah, my I don't other... know if he will be because of what he's done off the field, but yeah. His on-field stuff with the Roosters was outstanding. Mm. But just looking at, like, even they're going through, as I said, like, because I'm obviously talking about the whole Ford pack here with with the likes of Sean Lane and, you know, so on and so forth. You know, he's one of my bolters. The other bolter that I've got, um, not talking about the Fords, I think, obviously, you know, it's a very packed back line. I think Burton will be in the squad. I would expect it would be, yeah, because um, he's versatile. And I'd also think that you know, you know, just thinking Parramatta, you know, is is there room for Gutherson? Is there room for a, you know, a Reuben, a Reuben Cotter? Will they, you know, Cotter, will they look, Reuben well, Cotter? I'd say Cotter will come under into consideration for sure. I think it will. Looking at the, um, particularly if the Cowboys can go on and win the comp. Oh, but and, yeah, and you're looking a... at the fact that they're that we're low on forwards. I mean, someone who can play lock, hooker, and prop. Ruben yeah. Cotter could become very, very handy for the Kangaroos. I hadn't considered him, but you're right, Graham. I I think he's got to be in consideration because I'd imagine. I'm I'm expecting Val Holmes and Latrell to be in the possibly be the centres. Yeah. Um, Tedesco's your fullback, Munster and Cleary your halves. I was trying to piece everyone in. We talked about Harry Grant being at, at number nine. If he's not there, it'll be Hunt. Uh, yeah, and then you might, I mean, we, 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 you know, Mal's talked about the fact that despite Adokar not playing Origin. Oh, he'll be there. He'll be there on the wing, we'd expect. Does, you know, does a Jack Whiten push his way into that? That starting back it, line and push Val Holmes to the wing. No, I, I'd more no, think that a Selwyn Cobbo so. would be on the wing, possibly. Um, I don't know. It's it's there's it's it's not as though we've got this abundance of choices. We're almost for well, the first time I can remember. That's saying, because there's so many guys have aligned themselves to another country. And that's exactly right. And as I said the other day, when we look at um, not the other day, I suppose you know, I was only a minute ago as well. Um, when we look at that Samoa. Um, possible squad you know Swale is off the bench uh, no longer in the wings Toto Toto and Swale would have been 
you know, there's there's a there's a set of wingers for you that could that could yeah. get a job done in a World Cup. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's Tuchel, a. I believe is committed to Tonga. Yep. I know he he had an injury there, but he's going to be right by the yep. time World Cup comes around. So uh, he would have been under consideration. Um, it's yeah, um, it, it's, it's really strange, opened it up. It's strange. There is no other sport that I'm aware of where you're talking about representing the nation and um, and said, well, uh, we can't pick him now because he's, he's, he's playing for that country. And, and now we can't <laughs> yeah. pick him because he's playing for that country. I, I don't know of any other sport where you yeah. have this happening. Because going back to that Samoa team, you know, the, we, I reckon Swali'i, To'o, Luai, and Junior I'm Bolo. I'm not sure about Luai, but definitely the first two. Luai, Luai, uh, I suppose. I would have thought, you know, 24. Yeah, because Munster, obviously be, Munster and, yeah. and Cleary. I'm thinking if they yeah. had a big squad, and, and I think the only thing keeping Luai out of the extended squad might be the versatility of, of a Ben Hunt. Got Burton as well. And uh, Burton. I think Burton would be in there before Jerome Luai. I'd, I, not, I, not 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 I making hope, the team necessarily, I, but making the making the squad. I, I hope Lua he's there. only plays five I hope he's there. I hope that he should be. He should be, but I yeah, I don't know why I got this feeling that I don't know. It's not based on anything, but I don't know why I get this feeling that we're going to look at the squad and be talking about in the podcast in a couple of weeks why Burton's not there. But anyway, that's just a feeling I got. That's my paranoia. Yeah, I, I I think he should be there. I agree with you. Um, all right, it's time for Graham's gaff. Took a while to get there. <laughs> That's our gaff. <laughs> You're gonna laugh in a minute when you find out what it is. <laughs> yes. Speaking of taking a while to get there, there's the longest intro in uh, podcast history. It's Graham's gaff. We've actually given it away. You actually stole my thunder a bit. Do you know what I got for my gaff this week? I was going to talk about Bateman versus Oh, Caesar. really? Okay. Yeah. Did you see it live? I didn't see it live. What? When I saw it, I saw it um, come up on social media not long after. Yeah, I um, saw it live. And when I saw it, I thought, gee, that's an awful hit. And, and and to actually add to the you know the pageantry of the gaff was the fact that they're former teammates from Canberra. That's and, right. And, um, yeah. you know, we had Canberra's performance on the weekend plus two ex-Canberra players, um, you know, belting each other. But but really what the, um, the biggest disappointment is and why the gaff from Bateman was so impactful is the... Um, and yeah, I feel like we, we, we're turning into a concussion podcast here recently, but just, just to touch on it, it is unfortunate for Caesar because the concussion protocols over there are slightly different. They've got the um the mandatory... I, I feel like I read somewhere that... I read one one report... I've got to look into this. One report said you have a week off. One report said officially it's 11 it's, days. Uh, okay, yeah. I, so I, I, a, I certainly thought it was more a week than off. seven days, yeah. yeah I thought, I thought I was, it was 10, but yeah, it may okay. well be 11. 10, 11. I think what they do is to um, to ensure that any long turnarounds ma- means that you miss a week of football. Yeah. So why that's so uh, important is that um, Aiden Caesar, as a result of the um, the hit, the concussion, he'll miss the grand final. 
which is massive for them. And, you know, I mean, obviously for him and, and you know, for, for Bateman, he just got it wrong. And I think that's going to be one of those ones that if you haven't seen it, um, it's easy to find online. I do know that the um, one of the people I follow on social media quite closely because he has some great um, insights into injuries is the NRL physio. He's got it on there and he was talking about the implications. But, you know, we touched on it earlier, Griffo, so I won't labor the point, but geez, um, he got him clean. Sorry for doing that, Graham. I, I didn't no, you're that. all right. I thought oh. I'll let it go. I thought I could hit the music, but I thought, oh, we'll bring it up and talk about it again. But you saw it live. What were your thoughts initially when the when the contact was made and you, you saw it? Was it one of those situations where you thought, oh, geez, Caesar's in trouble and Bateman's in trouble too because there's a yeah, bad Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it was bad. Like, he didn't miss him. Um from his reaction, he obviously didn't intend to knock him out like he did. But mm. if you go in that way, you are going to be a chance of hitting the head. And that's what happened. And, you know, he was very remorseful and, and showed great concern for for his former Raiders teammate, Um but he knew, he, you know, he knew he'd done the wrong thing, and, uh, and he got the red card. They actually have cards. Yes. Um, now I don't, I don't see a lot of Super League. I just happened to wake up at that time, and it was, um, yeah, sort of, sort of pre-match and everything. Um, but uh, yeah, I, when I heard this morning that he got three weeks, and then they said. Um, he's, they're letting him do two of those as um, uh, England Knights, which is their yeah. basically their second team. So, was right, right, picked, right. Yeah, they're never <laughs> going to be picked in that team. Uh, and then he'll serve one match in, as the first uh, game of the World Cup. Who I don't know who they're playing, but but again, I I think we had this talk about you know when suspensions should be served. I think it's the jersey you're wearing, the competition mm. you're playing in. That's where you should serve suspension, unless it is an absolute, you know, like a deliberate elbow to the head or something. Um, you can't have guys doing that. But um, yeah, I think it should have just been okay, uh, Johnny Bateman. You can play for England, but you're going to sit out. The first three games for Wigan next year. Um, I, th- I don't think anyone would have had a problem with that. And and I've still got a problem with Warrior Hargreaves missing three matches for the Kiwis. And that's his suspension where it doesn't cost the Roosters a thing. And that's, he was wear- wearing a Roosters jersey when, when he did the act. So, yep. I mean, there's so many things in our game of rugby league that you just, you just question. Don't um, make sense. They don't make sense, but it's the it's the layers of the game that um, are part of that. Um, from my knowledge, my limited knowledge of, of football, if a guy gets suspended, say playing in the A League, yeah, it's um, not. It's not gonna. He's not gonna, not gonna, gonna miss out on the World Cup. No, you know, it's, no. He's gonna serve his suspension in the A League. Like, yeah. that's the way it should be. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. They keep it within, you know, the, the, the context of which 
the um the penalty was committed, the crime was committed. Yeah. So, and then we we talk about, it, and that's one of those situations where you know, I I actually think you know I don't know if it's just it's not just us talking about it. It's it's one of those things where obviously in the off season the NRL has to review all of this stuff because um, every year we're talking about it. There's there's things that come up and they're, they're, they're a bit policy on the run as we've seen, but, um, look, that, 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 that's the way it is. That's what we've got to do. We've got to work within the rules of the game. I mean, there's a lot of things we, we talk about. I mean, uh, on paper, the fine system versus, you know, carryover points seem like a, a good idea, but what we're finding now is that, you know, like we said, the other week, you're getting players getting fine, 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 fine. Well, and um, no impact, and to V to Totola. Well, yeah, well, that gets suspended. And that's and that's that the thing. You look, you look at that one, and you know, I mean, I'll be honest with you, it's it's hard because I'll be honest with you, I don't think that was worth two weeks. I don't. I think it had to be worth something. Right? Yeah, but I don't think it was worth two weeks, and that's the problem with the system. You're either rubbing him out for a prelim and possibly the grand final, or he's getting fined. It is impossible. The way that you, the way the NRL charge sheet is worked out now is it is impossible for dangerous contact to get one week. I think a lot of people would have looked at it and said, yeah, some people saying fine. Some people might say one week. But because of the way it's set up, it's almost as though they're looking at it going, geez, if we give him a grade two, he's going to miss two weeks. And I don't think they, that... You know, yeah. Take, you know, finals, whatever... And we've talked about a finals worth more than well I would I would say it's a two week suspension, but because it's a final, we'll give him one week. And that's not nothing to do with who they're playing this week. I just that was a chicken wing. And we don't want that in the game. We we got rid of it and it and it reappeared. You don't see him often. I'm trying yeah, well, that's to, what I'm I saying. Can't, I can't remember another one this year. And this is the thing with the judiciary too, and I know we're going down that rabbit hole. <laughs> the categories are broad. It's dangerous contact. And this is where it's hard because a chicken wing is treated the same as a shoulder charge. And, you know, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's the same thing. Like, you know, a shoulder charge with intent and you got a chicken wing with intent. They're both with intent. There are all these different different layers to it. You know, you, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's, it's a game of... Look, the object of the game is to push the team with the ball back. If you've got the ball, you want to go forward. And there are ways of doing that which are more dangerous than others. But the, the way that the judiciary is set up, we see so many of these players get off with the, with the fine for a grade one. And then you might see down the track, okay, it's a... And then when they do something more severe, the overall penalty is severe. Nathan Cleary is a prime example of that when he got five weeks for and he deserved it. dangerous contact. Yeah, I, I thought, but he was wasn't up for five spot. weeks. But what but what, what made it? Week. Yeah, and what made it five weeks was a shoulder charge he did in round six. Whatever he did in yeah. earlier in the year, and and so yeah. be it. Like, yeah, and he didn't complain. No, no one from Penrith complained about it. No. No, yeah, there was the, the gag guy. It's working out for him now. Punching Matt Burton several times. You can't say put a bloke in the headlock. Inten- it was intentional. He punched him in the head, oh, and he no. got nothing. He got fine. It's uh, it's yeah. Anyway, so the, the, it's it's it, look. It's 
you're never going to get it perfect, but yeah, anyway, look, and, and the hard thing is it's, it's up to interpretation. It, it is hard. Like, you know, we get, we talk about the Totola one. Um, yeah, Andrew Johns, Billy Slater's, they were, they, 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 they agreed with the grade one. Then you'll get someone else on another media outlet say, no, it's a grade two. This is where it's very difficult, where no one knows what a grade one, what a grade two is. And we're all going off the fact of, oh, okay, we, we, we don't work on gradings, then look at the penalty. Often as fans, we look at it and say, oh, look, as a fan, I reckon he should have been suspended. And then we work backwards from there. It's, 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 it's a system that, um, look, we watch every game every week and we're right into it and we can't figure it out, the uh, casual fan must be having an absolute nightmare. But anyway, it is, it is what it is. Um, I don't it think be any... Great if after this week, there's no none of that nonsense. I'd love yeah. at the end of this week to say... Let's talk and, about the football. And everyone's fit, there's no suspensions, yeah. and away we go. And look, I think that's what we might do, mate. We might as well talk about the football that's coming up this week. That was good. Because we've got two big games, and um, yeah, we've got four teams left, and... We're looking to, to find out the grand finalists. All right, so that's the whistle and the kickoff for this week's uh, preview. Preliminary finals. Um, this is Rigid Edge semifinals happening here. The first semifinal we have this week for a spot in the grand final will take place uh, up at Queensland Country Bank Stadium in Townsville, 7.50 p.m. kickoff on Friday evening. The Cowboys, after the week off, hosting the Parramatta Eels. Uh, the team news here... Um, well, look, the Cowboys had the week off. They, they should be fresh. They've got the same 17 that beat the Sharks uh, in week one of the finals. Um, the Parramatta Eels um, change on the bench. A lot of fans have been calling for this one, especially after some of the controversy um, we, we saw this week in regards to the nepotism, so on and so forth. Bryce Cartwright is in the side, but um, what a lot of people found interesting was, I think they thought he was going to come in for Jake Arthur. He's coming alongside Jake Arthur, um, Nakore and Kafusi, the other players on the bench. The player, from what I can see coming out, is Makatoa. The injury cloud is over Tom Opachik in this one. Griffo, a lot of layers to this one. Cowboys have had a week off. Eels are coming through with momentum. Um, I'll be very interesting to see what your thoughts are on the um, the Parramatta Eels travelling up to Townsville and playing away. Bit of the talk this week has been about the fact that we're going to see high humidity. Um, they're expecting the game to be played whilst it's at 8 o'clock at night. We're looking at temperatures in the mid-20s. Parramatta, from my understanding, will fly up tomorrow morning and um, you know only have a day to prepare in those conditions. Yeah. Do you buy into the the Townsville heat, humidity, the away game impacting para, or do you think that um, look it's it's all about how the how the teams play and it's not going to have as much of an impact? No, I, I don't think it's quite going to be as impactful as a lot of people are saying. It's not like they're playing in forty degree heat. Let's be let's be real here. We're talking mid twenties likely. Yeah, it's going to be a bit more humid, but. Um, and it's not extreme. <coughs> it's not extreme. Um, 
I don't think it's. I heard that Ted Power might have been turning their air conditioner up where they're trained. That's why this morning. And they need to turn the shower on to the hot to get yeah. the humidity happening. Yeah. So I think, you know, they'll be fine. <laughs> I think we're right. Yeah, we're gonna get the we're gonna get the temperature, but don't let them forget about the um the, the moisture in the atmosphere. Yeah. Look, I, if if it's an extreme, then it would be concern. Like if you know, if it was you know another month or so down the track, and we're still in September. Um, yes, it's it's a different uh, climatic regime to what we have in Sydney here, but. Um, I don't think it's that extreme at this time of the year. Um, you know, if it was going to be that extreme, they might say, well, we're going to play in four quarters because, uh, you know, it's it's a, it's a, a health risk. It's no health risk. Um, it might, what it might do, Graham, is maybe um, it might change the rotation that uh, Brad Arthur will need to use because he does uh, have his starting six play big minutes uh, forward pack I'm talking about. So we might find that, uh, that you know, he'll have to take a few minutes off the likes of Junior Baolo and, and Regan Campbell-Gillard. Mm. Um, but I, I don't think it's going to be a big issue. Uh, again, they're playing at night. They're not playing in the daytime. Like, yeah, I think it's been overhyped because they have to. That's how they get the clickbait um, from just bringing up, like you know, they keep bringing up Villiami kick out singing of glory, glory yeah. to South Sydney. South, right. I'm worried about that, mate. That's the media. No, but that's it. It's, it's just bloody. I don't care. Trying to get clickbait. That's a year ago, mate. It, like. It is a very poor rendition, I must say. Yeah. He's and a good footballer, Viliami, but he's an awful singer. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't want him uh, it at my karaoke know? party. Yeah. Anyway, oh, goodness. Yeah, I know. They I'm just invent, they invent bullshit. And yeah. It's, it's, I mean, they do it because it's, yeah. they're trying to sell papers or, or, you know, get clicks on their, on their, uh, sites but it's a little I think most people now can sort of see past that um, it'll be decided on football it won't be decided you know because the temperature is a couple of degrees higher than what it is in, in Parramatta at the moment so it's not going to be a big issue well I've, 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 we, we do our research here on the podcast Griffo and I've actually got the Bureau of Meteorology website in front of me and I've got the, uh, the forecast for Friday night um, you're the geography teacher are we more worried about the air temperature or the feels like I've got a dew point but I'm not quite sure if that's going to matter too much maybe the kickers well, will be looking at it I, I don't think it's going it's, to if it's, it's not extreme 28, de- 28 degrees is the feels like at 7 p.m., 27 at 10. The air temperature will be 25 at 7, 23 at 10. So we're looking at um, it's a, it's warmer mid-20s. Than, it'll feel yeah. like it's high 20s. Yeah. But, okay. you know, is that is that enough? Look, and I know where people are bringing that in. Um, I've, I talked about before Parramatta going away from their power game a bit last week. 
I think to beat the Cowboys, they really have to be strong up the middle. They've got to come back to that power game that's worked well for them. And it will be important that their forwards do not fatigue. Whether the, I mean, this, we're taking the piss a little bit here with the temperature. Whether the temperature plays a part or not, I think that if their forwards um, are efficient, and by efficient, I mean do a lot of work and don't chew up a lot of energy. And I think, as you said, the rotation is going to be important for that. And that's where... I'm I'm interested to see how they use their bench with Cartwright, Arthur, both on the vet on the bench there. Um, I, I think they're going to have to be really efficient with their forwards. I can see Regan Kim, Campbell Gillard playing big minutes, doing a lot of work. Um, if they are efficient, if they've got gas in the tank late in the game, um, that will lay the platform for for Moses and Brown and and the likes to um. To, to, to do what they do best. Uh, I think it's probably, as, as it always is for Parra, is it's early um, early points yeah. are important. Um, they don't tend to be a team that um, can, can give up points and then take the game. Um, they're more of a front runner and they're a good front runner, don't get me wrong. Um but uh, if if the Cowboys lead early and, and can put a few on, that's where I think this this whole you know temperature and feels like this and humidity. <laughs> I think that's where it might play a role. But if Para get off to a great start, and if they get a lead, uh, a, a sizable one, uh, I think they'll be hard to run down. Um, but in saying that. There's a lot of talent in this uh, Cowboys team. They've got a lot of bullets to fire. Um, I think it'll be a good game. Um, Who wins? I, Who wins? Do you think? That's a tough one to pick, yeah, isn't it? Is I don't know. I've, I've gone back and forward. I'm, I'm 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 throwing to you because I need some insight. Because I I did my tips. I got excited. I did my tips early in the week. And I tipped Para, and I was looking at it today, and I, I convinced myself the Cowboys are going to win, but. I don't know. I'm really unsure about this one. Uh, I don't know either. Um, I the first week of finals, I, I got one from three. I think. <laughs> I think that was uh, one of the better scores in the tipping cop. <laughs> uh, last week I got both right, but I yeah. was sort of expecting that you know the the two teams that I picked. I, Think they'd win like they did. I, I just thought they'd win, but mm. um, yeah, I'd be I'd be pretty confident if it was at Parramatta that Parra would win. Yep, um, but it's not, and um, uh, I really it's fifty fifty. Um, you know, can we get King Charles on a on a piece of silver? And oh yeah, which the... way the ears flap. Um, <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out how they're going to fit his ears on the coin. <laughs> Maybe just the 50 right. sample well, feature here. <laughs> change the shape. Or... Oh, goodness. Uh, but um... King Charles Cavalier. Look, I'll say power. I'll say power because I've got to say somebody. Yeah. If they, if they can reproduce, oh. <laughs> there's that word. I was going to say. word. I think the weather will be too much for power. I'll tip the Cowboys. <laughs> okay. One of us will be right then. At least we won't. Um, I'll, I'll I'll actually, do you know what? I'm, I'm, my gut early on the week was Parramatta. 
Um, I just had this feeling that I, I I don't know. It's more I don't know if it's more pride than anything in the sense that I've been feeling as though and waiting that the Cowboys are gonna you know fall over. I I, I actually thought that the Cowboys. If you go back a couple of weeks on the podcast, we were talking about the Cowboys going out in straight sets. We weren't confident about the Cowboys no. or the Sharks going through. We weren't sure if they had another another gear in them. Uh, the Sharks certainly did not. No. Like like you said, the only thing that would, would, would put it in the Cowboys' way is the fact that they're at home. I, I'm going para. I'm going to tip para. I think Parramatta will, will make a grand final. This will be the first grand final since yeah. 2009. Um yeah, Parramatta for me, but I think they've got to get that 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 power game back. They've got to get those forwards happening this week, and I think they've got to play with a little bit more shape because I don't think that 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 late play at the line that they did a lot last week is going to trouble the the Cowboys as much as it did the the Raiders. So I, I want the Cowboys to win. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I, but, I think it'll be great yeah. for the Cowboys. I, uh, how how good would imagine a success story. We all tipped them for the, the spoon and they make the grand final. Yeah, well, I mean, it's amazing, really, that they've made it this far. Mm. With pretty much a very similar team to last year. But, you know, they brought in Townsend. Hiku uh, wasn't there last year. Didn't came towards the end of the season, midway through the season. Um it's been a phenomenal effort. Uh, the Luciano Leilua they brought in from the Tigers during the year. Uh, so there's been a few wins, but it, it's not been, you know, it's not been uh, they've gone and bought a new side by yeah. any stretch. Um, they've got more out of the guys that they had there last year. Um, I, I do want them to win, but I, I'm going to tip Para just because I just think. They've got the game to beat anyone. Um, it has to be this year for power. It has to be because I, I don't even know if they'll make the eight next year. That, that's that's probably a, an overstatement. But um, I was walking this morning. I, I was thinking of some of the things that I said last year about Penrith. And I said, well, whatever Penrith do this year, uh, that's 2021. They're not going to do any better in 2022 because they were losing guys. They lost Burton, Capewell, um, one or two others, but they were the main ones. I just couldn't see that they were going to improve. Um, it turned out they won the comp. So just to go as well as they did last year, they have to win the comp. Now they're in a, you know, they're in with a big chance, but they're not there yet. Um, but I'm going to say the same thing about Parramatta. Whatever they do this year, and, and they've, they've had a successful year, even if they bow out this week, it's been a success. Um, I can't see them improving next year, and I, I do expect that they're going to go a little bit worse next year because they're losing so many good players. Um, so this is it. This is their window. It's open, and, and uh, I think it closes in 2022 as well. Uh, the Cowboys, that window is, is open uh, and it's certainly going to be open for uh, for a few years with with the very good young forwards yeah, yeah. they've got coming through. So, um, I think they're on the rise. And, and, and yep. 
you know, we know it's an, a massive achievement just for what they've done this year. But um, look, at, at, the, at, at this stage, without, you know, thinking too much about it, um, I've got them as top four contenders already for next year. Oh, and for uh, sure. I, I, I yeah. think that looking at their side and looking at the players that they have in the squad, the age of those players, the mix of um, youth and experience and what they gain out of this year, I think they're going to have um, a good run over the next few years, the Cowboys. But, I um, think so. Yeah, but I think... I, the only guy I think they're losing is, is Tommy Gilbert, and he's had a great year. Yes. Uh, he's a really good player, represented Queensland. Um, but they'll bring back the bloom. Um, the bloom will be That's fit, right. ready Here to go at the start next Lukey. year. So, yep. Um, so essentially, and, uh, is uh, is reinflated in twenty twenty three. That's right. Yes, he'll be uh, he'll be floating into twenty twenty three. And look, the Cowboys. You never know; they could be riding into a um, a grand final. Um, but look, I hope I think, so. I, I, look, I hope they do. Actually, look, there's one of those ones. Heart says Cowboys, head says Eels. At this stage, this could go anyway. Um, yeah, you could you could flip the coin. Should be an absolute belter. I actually feel like this will be a very entertaining game. Um, I think on the points scored, you'd want to take the overs on this one. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored. And, yeah, uh, I'm with you on that, Graham. But I'm looking yeah. forward to this game. I really am. Yeah, no, nah, it'll be a good bit of entertainment on a Friday. Um, but yeah, we, we'll, we'll go Parramatta in this one for we're, we're the Eels to the make. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. I think we might not be for the next one. <laughs> yes, opinions may differ because of our allegiances and our heart here, but... I think you might be surprised about what I've got to say about my tip in this one. It's not too controversial. I'm sort of, I've got a heart and a head tip in this one. But we do have the Panthers taking on the Rabbitohs on Saturday night. Panthers hosting the Rabbitohs. They got the week off and earned, ironically, the home semi-final, which will take place at a core stadium, which is the South Sydney home ground. And will be their home ground again, as confirmed today for next year. Um, they will play their games at Homebush. For the Panthers, we know they've had the week off. They're they're well-rested, these Panthers. Um, The only player they'll be without is Taylor May. He accepted the one-week ban for his high tackle on Penasini in uh, week one of the finals. That sees Charlie Staines come into the side. Uh, The only other, you know, talk from week one, uh, we know that Lenu was fined for his high tackle, so there's no issues there. Uh, the only thing as a fan, I'm keeping an eye on Griffo, and you might be able to give us some insight a bit later on in your um, summation of this game. Uh, Coruscant starting at hooker, but we do know there have been times where he's swapped with Mitch Kenny, so uh, I'm not convinced that that's the way they'll start. I know the last time they played South, they did switch around, but it'll be interesting to see how they go. For the Rabbitohs, they do have injury concerns. They, um, they've had a couple of tough weeks, and um, look, a tough one against the Roosters, a... Not so tough game last week. However, they did walk out with more injuries. Um, Saliba Havili, he will miss the match. That's a big out for South Sydney. He's been great off the bench. Um, Ironically, former Panther Jed Cartwright is taking his place. He's recovered from a hamstring injury. Um, I'll talk about that later because when we look at the extended bench, um, it'll be interesting to see uh, the other options there. But it it looks as though Jed Cartwright will will get the nod here. He's been named in the side. 
Alex Johnston and Jai Arrow, they've been named to play. They did not finish the game against the Sharks last week. Um, Alex Johnston has said during the week, I think it was on Tuesday, he, uh, he says he's 50-50. Uh, take out of that what you will. Um, Josh Mansour is on the extended bench as well as Richie Kenner. Uh, they're the possibilities I'd imagine to come in. Um, you'll notice there's no Jackson Polo there, so uh, there's no chance of him being the replacement there. You'd be looking at Josh Mansour, I'd imagine, yet again, a former Panther himself, if AJ yeah. is not fit. I think there's more chance of you lining up on the wall for some Sydney than there is Josh Mansour. <laughs> Look, I think AJ will be fine to go. Um, he's, his I teammate... think Kenner would be the man if, if not. Because yeah. I mean, Poor old, yeah, and, and uh, I've got great respect for Josh Mansell uh, as as a guy, and and in the past as a rugby league player, but he was exposed last year by the Panthers yeah. uh, when when they came up uh, when he was you know he was playing for the Rabbitohs in the NRL. Um, he's had a great career, but if he is out there. He will be targeted, and I've got fears that it'll be another horror night like former Panther Wonga Blake had um, against Penrith uh, two weeks ago. I, I There's no way I could see Josh Mansell being selected on the wing and, and to cut that barrage of, of, uh, of high balls from Cleary. It's not going to happen. And the interesting thing is, too, Richie Kenner, he's only, um, from memory, played one game of first grade this year for South Sydney. He filled in for Alex Johnston on the left wing and scored three tries. It was just basically, look, you do what AJ, you be roughly where AJ is, we'll sort it out and give it to you to finish. So, look, from when you're 50-50 going into a final, you'd think that uh, that he'll play. Uh, his teammate, Jai Arrow, also has a groin concern. Um, Jai Arrow has said in the media, look, Dr. Jai Arrow has given his medical update. Um, Jai Arrow has said he will play. He also gave a medical update on Alex Johnston. Uh, his official opinion was for Alex to have a cup of concrete, harden up and play. And uh, that was him in tongue-in-cheek talking to the media the other day. But he, he also said just after that he was very confident that Johnston would play. Um, so look, we'll keep an eye on that as we go it's through It's a week. big risk, Graham. It's a big risk. We saw two pulls selected yep. with an injury for the Roosters um, against he South. Didn't it, he didn't make it through didn't the game. Make, no, no, and it cost them. Yeah, and that's um, where and that's where I think looking at the South Sydney um, bench, a lot of people are going to say this with the South Sydney bench. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I feel like they're probably a prop short with Havili being way. prop uh, recently. We know that Tom Burgess is um, suspended. He won't take place in this game. It's a very. It's I would a have thought Moali would have would have been on the bench, but yeah. And my 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 thought is that Jed Cartwright. I mean, they've got Nikarima, Sele, Chikem, Cartwright, Cartwright coming in for Havili. My thoughts there are that if Cartwright's fit and Cartwright uh, plays, and he's an option. Um, I'd imagine that if AJ plays, picks up an injury during the game, we'd see Cartwright go to the centres and Isaiah Tass move out to the wing, which is far from ideal. Also, Cheekham could also do the same Cheekham thing. Cheekham can do the same thing. I'd Every guy on their Nick bench can 
play Nick, a number of positions. Nick uh, Arima, a match like it. Like, Nick Arima in there as well. He, I wouldn't imagine him to play big minutes um, because uh, you know he's he's basically there to cover if needed. The, the interesting thing for the reserves for me, there's a couple of interesting things on the reserves here. Okay, we talked about Kenna and Mansour. Davy Mawale, um, wouldn't rule him out as an option if we feel as though Souths are a uh, prop short. Blake Taff is just the ultimate reserve. Um, last year, a lot of good things being say, said about Blake Taff. He's really struggled to make the 17 this year, which is an interesting one. I'm not sure exactly yeah. what's going on there. There have been a lot of questions about his role, but the number 22, I don't know if you noticed this one there, Griffo, Jacob Hobbs, Post, yeah. and he was not expected to be back this year. And there's been a lot of talk that he's been training really hard and could very well be fit for selection. I myself, I know that that's a risk too when you've already got injured players, but I myself wouldn't rule out the uh, inclusion of Jacob Host, given that when he was injured, he was South Sydney's starting back rower. Yes. Um, in in this side that's got the likes of, I think it would get more balance, more balance to their bench if they had a big guy like Host or or Moali. Yeah, no. I, I think a Moali in there. Um, then you've sort of got it, it's it's interesting in this day and age. It, it's almost as though South throw away an interchange by having Nikarima there as a cover because he doesn't right. play big minutes. He's there as a bit of a backup. You're not going to take Cook off in this game. He's a half. He's not going to play halves unless there's an injury. It's an interesting one. You're not... I don't know. You're not going to bring him on to play a ball-playing lock role if Cameron Murray is able to play 80 minutes. It's a... Yeah, I, I, I'm really not sure. I'm worried about the balance of that bench. I see um, similarities, Graham. It's 16-17, like... Chikam and Jed Cartwright, like... Yep. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I Both totally agree. could play in the centres, play in the back row. Um, Jack Cartwright's going to have to be used as a battering Strings to your ball, but what they lack there is 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 men that are going to charge the ball downfield. That's what I'm concerned about. And I feel like Jed Cartwright, his strength is his defence. And one of my concerns here is that South Sydney might be focusing a lot on defending, which is great. You've got to defend well against Penrith. But um, we, we also need the ball down the right end of the field. And especially against a halfback like Nathan Cleary, you know at the end of their set, he's going to kick to a corner, find grass, and we'll be working it off our own 10. So, look, it's, it's, it's a massive game. Um, we've talked a lot there about the selections for South Sydney. Uh, I'm going to throw one back at you, Griffo. I know a lot of Penrith fans I've talked to throughout the week. Um are a bit concerned about Charlie Staines coming into the side. They feel like that might be a bit of a weakness in the back line. I just want to get your thoughts on that selection. I'd imagine, obviously, you know, he was always going to be the player picked. He's the next player in line should there be an, uh, an injury in the on the wing. Um, also talk that there might be a bit of a switcheroo from left to right with him and Toto this week. There's no doubt South Sydney are going to target Charlie Staines. Um He's, I think he's actually had a decent year. Um, he's changed his style of play. He's put on a few kilos over the off-season because he was just getting manhandled last year. And, and he, um, 
he's not getting driven back like he used to. I mean, it has still sometimes it happens, but I've been impressed with, uh, particularly when he's had a few late season call ups. Um, he's put his body on the line. Uh, hasn't always been successful, but would I be feeling more confident if Taylor May was there? Of course. Um, but Staines deserves his position. I don't think he's going to worry South Sydney um, too much at all. And I, as I said, I'm sure they're going to target him. Um, but I'm very confident that he will give everything he's got. Um, he came onto the scene scoring four tries in his first game and got dubbed the, the Forbes Ferrari. That's right. <laughs> we, we haven't really seen too many more games where he's scored tries that you think, wow, yeah, he's quick. He wouldn't have got there if it was that. He seems to, I don't know, the ball doesn't seem to go to his, his end of the field generally. Um, but and that's an interesting thing, which side are they going to play him on? Um, I think as long as he holds his own, that that'll be as much as I'd be asking for. I don't expect him to win the game for the team, but I, I do want him to be able to uh, defend strongly, run the ball back, not like Brian Tottle does. That's not his strength, but but just make yardage, not get driven back, and not lose the ball. So it's just uh, safety first, and I'll be happy. I don't expect any flash play. Um, as long as he does his job, you know, he's, he's contributing. Because I, I do believe he deserves the, the spot. I don't think there's anyone else in the back line who uh, has really put their hand up and said, you know, if there's, a, if there's an injury, then I'm, I'm the next cab off the rack. Um, Saru was a good player and he will be that guy in the future. He's had a few opportunities um, and he's learning the game. Um, long-term, Saruva would would be the guy, but Staines deserves his position. Um, and uh, I hope he gets the job done. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of an interesting one, this one, because like I said before, I, I brought up the way that's how Sydney defend and how it um, how against the Sharks, it was a bit of a style clash. I'm, I'm really worried about the way that Penrith attack and the way that um, South Sydney sort of push up through the middle and, and, and out to the sides because what that actually does is it can create space in the middle. And this is a team that has the opportunity to turn the ball back on the inside and find that space where there might be a lazy forward. And this this is making a bit of sense from, from South Sydney's bench selections for mine because I think they're looking for a bit more mobility around that middle we saw in the, not in the final, but the round 25 match that South Sydney played against the Roosters, where it seemed as though um, Tedesco was able to break through the middle a little bit for South Sydney. And basically what was happening is as South Sydney were pushing up and out, there was creating a little bit of space. And, and if either the prop or the halves were able to turn the ball back inside and the fullback connected with them, there was a little bit of space. And there was a time where I remember Tom Burgess being found out. He was a little bit wide and a little bit slow to cover. Uh, another time with Mark Nichols. This really worries me because we've got a set of halves in Penrith that really 
know how to work that middle and Dylan Edwards supporting up the inside. I have a feeling that the Penrith's going to look at this. Their forwards are going to going to push out, whether it be through that area. They'll they'll get kick out running, obviously, at Ilias, and I think Ilias will be able to to manage the the defense. Um, you know, he's a great defensive halfback. He'll be able to to manage that. But what that'll do is they'll then turn it on the inside. They'll have their their forwards, you know, like a Leota or a Fisher Harris, creating a bit of space. And and when you feel like Penrith might go to the edge, a ball back on the inside to to Edwards through the middle can really expose South Sydney. So they need to be really, um, really mobile through that middle if they're going to defend in the same pattern that they did over the past few weeks. But yeah, I I look at this South Sydney team and I feel as though they're going for mobility on that bench to be able to cover those gaps that they can push out. I think they're focusing a lot on defence and I think it is the defence of South Sydney that's tightened up in the last couple of weeks that has been impressive. Um, For me, two guys I want to talk about. It'll be interesting to see what your thoughts are, Griffo. Um, One is Campbell Graham, the other is Lachlan Elias. The other night I mentioned South Sydney didn't really go to the left that much because Cronulla were waiting for it. They scored all their points down the right. I think since Campbell Graham's come back into the side, they've been a totally different team. I also think that Lachlan Ilias now um, is at the point where we consider him um, a quality top-grade halfback. Um, and, 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 and look, he's probably coming up against the best defensive half in the league. But I don't think he's far behind. I think his defense has been great. And I, I think now that um yeah, and we're hearing it in the media too. We've heard this week people say that um you know South have made the right decision in letting Adam Reynolds go. Um I'm jumping on that bandwagon. I actually think yeah. given the implications for what it would have cost to keep Reynolds at South Sydney, it could have been at the the loss of a a Cook or a Cody Walker or so on, I think that, that, that Lachlan Ilias is the halfback to build the team around. And his combination with uh, Campbell Graham and Kalamantani down that right-hand side was really evident last week. Yeah. Um, I know when there were the initial discussions with Adam Reynolds about South saying, look, we, we're happy to have you next year, that year being 2022, but we're only that's all. Um, and there was wide. Oh, they were going to sign him another year, weren't they? We're going to extend it only one year. South were going. South were going to offer was... him one year. So that yeah. would would have been this year. For this year, they were going to oh, offer him a contract okay. for this okay. year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and go year by year and see how yeah. it goes. Yeah, and no, I think I, I, I never had. It would have been. It would have been in the ballpark of eight hundred thousand to a yeah. million. And I, I know, uh, particularly Shane was was quite supportive of that idea, as were you. Yep. Um, Definitely. And while there was massive criticism early in the year, um, as it's panned out in the long term, Souths have been proven right. Yeah, um, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. And this is um, where we, we make these comments and we don't see the inside workings, I suppose. Yeah, it's a bit I mean, of a gamble too. Yeah, but, but he has missed a number of games this year with injury, um, or did, Adam Reynolds. Yeah. Um, for a variety of injuries. Uh, he did great things with the Broncos. and But even, uh, you know, they ran out of puff towards the end of the season. 
and some of those games he missed and some of those games he played. Um, a question for you, Graham. Is this South Sydney 1-17 better than the 1-17 to that lost last year's grand final? The 1-17 to right now. Yeah. Um, Which one inspires more confidence in you? There's one player that inspires a lot of confidence that was missing last year. That's Latrell Mitchell. Yeah. yeah. Not only what he does on the field and the fact that he creates it out of nothing, he... The, the players just lift around him. You even see footage from training. What he adds to this game, it's a flow-on effect. Um, Cody Walker's more confident with Latrell Mitchell in the side. Yeah, and, and to be honest with you, the 1-17, I, I could almost argue and say, look, maybe our bench isn't as strong as it could be. There's no Tom Burgess there. Um, yeah, I mean, my, my, my feeling is that Cheekam might actually drop out for someone like Mawale to get some space. Yeah. But, you know, you, you also got to remember, too, it wasn't just Reynolds. Gagai was, Gagai, um, was in this squad. Yeah. And also yeah. in that um, second row, he was very strong for South Sydney last year with Jaden Sewer. Yeah. Um, did he play in the grand final? He did, didn't he? From memory, he did, yeah. Was he um, off the bench or...? You put me on the spot now. I'm trying oh, no, to block it out no, of no. my mind. That's what I'm just um, trying to say. Like, you know, you 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 can't yeah. all the way. Do you feel more confident with this 17 beating Penrith? And and, and it is a different Penrith. Yeah, so it was in the starting changes. lineup with Kalamatangi. Okay. So the big thing last year was no Luttrell. Yeah, I think no right. Luttrell. I think also to. Um, if, if Alex Johnston plays, uh, I think our outside backs um, are, are in a bit better form. I think last year in that grand final, obviously we had Blake Taff at the back, Jackson Paulo on the wing. Um, I, there wasn't as much strike there. I think Tane Milne last week was really good for South Sydney. It was good. He's been up yeah. and down. So if he plays at his best, um, they'll be good. I... I've got more confidence in the way that this team has played over the past two weeks. It's a different, it's 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 amazing. It's a different style of football, um, and it's really conducive to having someone like uh, Latrell Mitchell at the back. Because I've been I've been describing Penrith to people all week as the team that just grinds you down. They'll ring you dry, and then at the end of the game, when you've got nothing left in the tank, they'll push. They'll they'll push on. You know, they did that against the the Parramatta Eels. Whereas South Sydney are more the team where nothing could be, there could be absolutely nothing happening, and then they 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 spot something. Cody Walker spots something down the short side, and before you know it, Latrell's off. It's 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 sparked out of nothing. I it's it's it's, it's very hard because the the teams, you know, it's not massively different, but they're different for different reasons. I think that Lachlan Ilias being inexperienced puts a little bit more pressure on Cody Walker, but it gets him more involved. I think um, I think I think Latrell is worth a lot to this South Sydney team. I think I'm more I'll, I'll say this, I'm more confident in this South Sydney team purely on the presence of Latrell Mitchell. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. I yeah. understand that. I mean he he potentially can win the game not single handedly, but pretty close to it. Um as as a supporter of Penrith, 
you know, Latrell is someone that you know I'm concerned about. Mm. Um, the, the interesting thing there, I was just thinking about when you asked me that question, Griffo. I could almost put the same question back at you with the Penrith Panthers. Whilst they've been they've been phenomenal this year, they've got a few differences in this side as well, and it just shows yeah. how strong some of their youngsters have been. Like we were, yeah. we were worried about their, their you know Momorowski, Burton going, and you look at an well, Isaac Tago. You know they've been so the other thing, and, and I agree, Graham. Tago's Tago's been phenomenal. Um, The back line, Dylan Edwards have played with a broken foot for the latter part of the season. Um, Cleary had a busted shoulder. Fisher Harris was on one. They were the walking wounded last year. <laughs> um, and yet they got the job done. It's almost uh, like we swapped narratives, haven't we? Well, it, it, it's very much <laughs> that way. Um, they're, they're coming in fresh um, as as injury-free as they can be. Um, those bumps and bruises have had an extra week to heal. Um, if they were to lose this game, um, it would be massive for the Rabbitohs. And I'd, I'd, depending on injuries and whatnot, I'd have Rabbitohs' favourite to, to win the grand final against either Parra or the Cowboys. Um Obviously, if Penrith win this game, they will go in as raging hot favourites against, again, either Parra or the Cowboys. But I, I, I do feel that the winner of the grand final comes out of this game. I agree. Um, and I might, I, I might be wrong on that. but no, I agree. That, that's what I would feel. Um, I wanted the Sharks to win last week purely from the perspective that I know that South Sydney have the ability to beat Penrith more so than what the Sharks would have had mm. um, because they've got Latrell Mitchell, because they've got Cody Walker, because they've got Cameron Murray. There's three people who I think are better than any of the Sharks players. More Murray, of a threat than Murray any was shot. phenomenal. Oh, of course. Yeah, and he, he, that's who, he's getting better. That's the thing. Um, we're seeing him use the ball much more than um, a couple of years ago, where he was basically there to, um, you know, make ground, get a quick play of the ball, set it up for Cook. He still does all that. But now he's got that ball playing option as well. His defense has always been phenomenal. I mean, you know, we talk about guys not representing Australia. Well, um, no one who's uh, bailed would have been uh, ahead of this guy. He's he's amazing. Um, as is his number thirteen counterpart. And they'll both they'll both be wearing green and gold in, in the same team. Um, but. Uh, South have got bullets to fire that that uh, none of the other sides, I don't think, have. Um, and that's no disrespect to the likes of Mitch Moses, Scotty Drinkwater, Valentine Holmes. They're all amazing players, but they're not better than Luttrell. 
they're not better than Cody at his best. And as you said, Cody plays better when the trail's there. Yeah. Uh, and we saw what Cody Walker did in the grand final with no Luttrell mm. when, when he scored that amazing try, um, which gets gets forgotten because of what happened later in the game. But but he's a, he's a concern. Um, on the flip side, I do think there's a lot of guys that I've got question marks over whether they're going to be able to defend uh, at this level. Um, we know Campbell Graham is he's touted as one of the great defensive centers, yeah. and rightly so. But he was the guy that missed the tackle last year um, for Penrith's first try uh, in one of the earlier games this year. Again, he, um, he missed a key tackle. Now, you don't see that happen too often with Campbell Graham. And I dare say might not have happened at all other than against Penrith. But that's the quality that Penrith have. I don't think Isaiah Tass worries me as a def- as in, in defence. I think that there's another uh, part of the ground that, that they can target. Milne, likewise, um, has a tendency to come in and want to put a big hit on. Now, maybe that's changed a bit. Uh, I haven't seen him do that for a while, but again, he's done it previously against the Panthers. He got two As, of them wrong against the Roosters and found himself well, in a bit okay, twice. Yeah, okay. so, <laughs> he didn't do it so much yeah. last week. <laughs> yeah, but what, what I'm saying is there's avenues for tries. Yeah. yeah. Um, at the back, Luttrell... He's being found out again a couple of times against the Panthers um, positionally. And I think he's an amazing player. I'm not wanting to criticize Luttrell because attacking-wise, he worries me. But I do believe, again, that Nathan Cleary, and, and we saw him do it against Gutherson two weeks ago, he'll just sense when the player's on when the fullback is not quite where they need to be, um, whether that's going to be enough to get Penrith over the line, I don't know. Um, Cleary's so think, good that he he takes him out of position and brings the play back. It's it's so yeah. hard to defend against. That's why he's so good. It's yeah, amazing. and that's... I, I think... Well, I think Penrith will test... South Sydney much more than what the Sharks did last week. I mean, they, they were oh, goodness, they yes. were <laughs> so, um, uh, Yeah, it's 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, in saying that, I thought um, Britain Nakora for the Sharks was really good uh, in attack, um, but there wasn't much else happening. But look, I'm going to tip Penrith. Um, it's not just heart, although obviously. You know, I want Penrith to win. No. It's head as well. Um, I, I think South, they do have these players that worry me greatly. And if Luttrell and Cody and Cameron Murray have a day out, South can win. No doubt about it. But as I said, from 1 to 17, I think Penrith are stronger. And I think there's there's... 
they'll find holes. Um, whether they do it often enough to win the game, I guess we'll find out. But um, South will score tries, but no doubt about that. They'll score tries. Uh, it, yeah, it's 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 a big game, and it always is when these two teams come together. And then they're they're now they've got a obviously they've got a rivalry there. Um, it's not crazy rivalry like South and the Roosters. I'm not expecting seven guys to go to the bin. Um, but when you play so many finals games against each other. You know, he's at each other's game. Yeah. Well, three years, three years in a row. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, you don't see that very often. Yeah. Um, it's a testament to both teams that they are making this level of salsa five years in a row, prelim final. That's a, a massive amount of consistency at the highest level. Um, for them, though, they'd count for nothing if they lose. They want to win a premiership, these guys. Yeah. Um, and they, they, they've got a great chance to do so. They're not Penrith off. I think they're, you know, they're holding up the trophy next week. Um, the winner of this game will go into the grand finals favourites, I think. Oh, no doubt. Unless, because it would take unless it. There's, unless there's injuries. Yeah. So and let's I, say, for example, if South win, oh, yeah. Mitchell, you know, in the last minute goes oh, yeah. down, he's out. Yeah, well, they don't win the game. It's not, not going to be favourites. They just won't win. No. Nah. Um, but you don't expect that's going to happen. Um, so if South can get over the Panthers, they'll be the favourites going in next week. And look, and, look I, I expect I expect Penrith to win. Now, now you know where my heart lies, and obviously yeah. if you follow the Carpool Rugby League tipping comp, you know that South Sydney's going to be my tip for this week. But if I'm giving a unbiased um, preview of the game based on the performance of the teams this year and what they're capable of. It's second, no, sorry, second. It's, we beat second last week. It's seventh versus first. And that's what we need to remember. I know we're getting caught up in the, in the performances of South Sydney in the last couple of weeks. And, you know, keep in mind the the Sharks, we know the Sharks. We know what they were, what they were, and we we talked about that. And then obviously the the game against the Roosters the week before, we know they had some form. But it's been a long time since South Sydney has come up against a top top side at full strength and beaten them. And all of the all logic and understanding of NRL says that Penrith should win this, and Penrith should go on to play in the grand final next week. I think South Sydney can win it, and I've already outlined, you know, a few reasons why I think South Sydney can win it and where their strengths lie. And I know that, um, you know, they'll 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 try and play what they see. They'll try and defend well, and they'll also try and um, well, they'll try. They have to try and nullify the kicking game of uh, Nathan Cleary. The the pressure on Nathan Cleary has to be there. Um, that he has to be making his kicks under pressure because if you give him time, he'll he'll have a field day. He'll he can you know land it on a dime if he wants to. So, um, yeah, two two very different sides as I said. Um, Penrith will play with a lot of patience. The start to this game is crucial for South Sydney. If South are any chance of winning this game, 
Uh, they have to start well. I think that, you know, South Sydney get out to a 6-0, 12-0 lead. They're in with a chance. I worry that if Penrith score the first try or two, that, um, yeah, that, that, that then South may... You know, looking at the team we've got this week, they they may struggle to win that forward battle. If you're down by two tries, you're getting rolled by the opposition forwards and their half is kicking well. Um, it, it doesn't fill you with confidence and the morale can go down. So I think the, the start is crucial. I think defence is going to be crucial for South Sydney. And I think that some of the big plays that, um, that can come about from the likes of um, Walker... Mitchell Johnson, they they have to happen, and but um you know that can only happen if the forwards go forward. So it's a big job I think for um the likes of Jai Arrow, Mark Nichols, Kaloma Tungi, and Tavita Totola, who was South Sydney's Player of the Year. Um, looking for a big game for Jai Arrow. I think he'll be looking to have a big game given the fact that he only played about fifteen minutes of the grand final last year after being ruled yeah, out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So um, yeah. Penrith, I'm expecting Penrith to win, hoping for a Rabbitohs win. I think that sums it up. All right. Are we going to look at the women's uh, semis? We, or? Yes, we, let's have a look at that. All right, so, yeah, that, that's definitely something to keep in mind this week. I know last week we talked about the, um, the games that were happening at Gosford in the women's premiership. Probably the biggest talk coming out of this um, Griffo is the um, the omission of the Brisbane Broncos. We saw yeah. uh, very emotional um, Ali Brigginshaw on the weekend. Um, besides itself, the fact that the Broncos will not be taking part in the semi-finals this week, um, and also too, given the fact that the, the the semis this week, I think they're happening in Brisbane. I think both yeah, games are on crazy, Sunday at Suncorp. Um, you would have thought, you know, common sense would have prevailed when they you know, saw that the Broncos and the Titans were both not there because is, uh, I can't see it's going to be highly patronised. Even last week... yourself last team's point. Even regardless of the team's playing, I know last week there was the, um, you know, the day at uh, Gosford on Sunday. I know what they're trying to do where they're trying to have the women's game there. You go, you make a day of it. Um it's an opportunity for people to see it. They're taking it to different areas. Am I the only one? Am I wrong in thinking that this this is a good a good bit of exposure for these games would be to play before the NRL semifinals this week? Yeah, I think you're right. Um, they are going to play their grand final before the the NRL semifinals. I think the the TV people probably like the the Sunday um, games because yeah. it gives them something to put on TV, and sometimes which is fair enough too. Their influence um, is very strong. Yeah, as it should be when you're coughing up, you know, millions upon Four. millions of dollars. Um, you should really. have influence. Like, yeah, and but you know, just just from a fan point of view, there. I know last Saturday night, yeah, Saturday night for the Sharks Rabbitohs game. There was no curtain raiser game. Um, we got there early enough because you know I was busy in Sydney with the Swans game being next door. We were there in time for yeah. gates to open at six pm. We walked in. There were basically there was two blokes on the field DJing, playing music. That was the entertainment for the game. And I was thinking, how good would it be 
to have the women's rugby league game on as as they had the um you know in in round one they they had um round one of the finals they had the women's game before that but to see a semi-final to get the crowd excited get them you know warmed up and expose the diehard rugby league fans you know even if i know that the stadium won't be full at that time but the other night well, it was 40 000 get, people yeah, if i knew it was i would have yes on. Yes. I would get there earlier. Yes, and you've got a stadium that's going to be able to be filled with 40,000 people. Um, and now, given the fact that Brisbane are not in the semi-finals, I'm really concerned about how many people are going to make the effort up in Brisbane to watch the Knights take on the Dragons and the Roosters take on the Eels. Unless they're giving away tickets, Graham. I'd be surprised if they got more than a couple of thousand, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I think that would be... Yeah, I think a, a, a few thousand would be a phenomenal effort. There might be a lot of, uh, might have to, you know, and, and, and I'd rather they did that than they're playing in, in an empty stadium. But, you know, go into the schools and say, look, kids, um, especially girls, you know, if you like, you like footy, well, here's a ticket, you know, mm. get your mum or dad to take you along. You know? But anyway. Look, looking at these two games, um, just, you know, looking at them overall, got the Knights taking on the Dragons, Knights finishing second on the table, the Dragons finishing third, Roosters uh, finished fourth, taking on the, sorry, finished first, taking on the Eels, finished fourth. Um, from what I've seen and what I'd expect, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining the Knights would, um, the Knights and the Roosters would probably be favourites going into these two games and um, given the fact that I saw them play each other a couple of weeks ago and it was an absolute um, absolute cracker of a game um, you know it's 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 it, it sets up for some really good footy yeah um, these two teams looking at the first game which is the 205 uh, it's the dragons and the Knights now the Knights have been the massive improvers this year. Basically, they've got a whole new team. Um, but they pumped the Dragons last week. Um, 30-something to eight, I yeah. think it was. And they didn't have Tamika Upton playing. She's been out for the last couple of weeks. She's yep. um, arguably the, the number one fullback in, in Australia. Um, it's a very good side. Uh, Jesse Southwell is just an amazingly talented 17-year-old. Uh, her kicking game, her passing game, uh, as well as her running, she's got it all. Um, yeah. Sister of Hannah Southwell, who has been a long-time representative of New South Wales and Australia, uh, unfortunately out for the season. But um, it's a strong Knights team. Um don't forget Millie Boyle up front. Well, that's it. You've got Millie Boyle, Caitlin Johnson, both um, New South Wales origin players, Millie Boyle Australian as well. Higgins was very good last week, the hooker. Mm. Uh, Tightsall and uh, Clydesdale, formerly Yasmin Meeks. Uh, she she played with the Roosters in, in their premiership side early in the year. They're both very good players. Um. The player who's been fantastic for him off the bench, Manzel Mamone, if you've seen her, Graham. She comes on as a dummy half, very, very quick. Um, scored quite a few tries out of dummy half. 
And uh, a player who I'd not seen before this season, number 15, Taylor Predabon. Um, she's a prop mm. who's got a magnificent offload and they've scored a lot of tries off, off Predabon. Uh, with the it's hard to handle on power play the other week, yeah. Yeah, she's, I think, uh, we're going to see her. Um, well, uh, I'm assuming she's an Australian. Uh, I would think she'll be uh, going over to the, the Women's World Cup. On the flip side, the Dragons, uh, there are a lot of good players in this side, good attacking. Uh, over the last few weeks, they've copped a couple of hidings off the Roosters in the Knights. The defence has not been the best. Um, they did miss Kezi Apps last week. She wasn't there. Also out in the back line, Paige McGregor, very good player. She didn't play last week, but it's hard to see them turning around uh, that big uh, shellacking they got last week. Um, they got plenty of talent. Tonegato, um, I mentioned Paige McGregor, Fumayono is a very good player. Pearson's got a good kicking game. Plenty of speed with Berry and, and Robinson, the wingers. Um, one of my favourite players from Papua New Guinea, LC Albert. Um, I just love the way she runs the ball. Um, she's like a female Billyama Kikau when I look at her. Um, but yeah, I think they're going to be up against it. Um, I'm going to tip Newcastle in that game. And I think... Uh, I don't know what if, if they've got odds on this game, but I, I would think that uh, that Parramatta uh, they've done exceptionally well to to make this grand final because they only had their first win last week. That I didn't see it, but they they had a big win against the Broncos and went through on uh, four and against into the mm. top four. But I've been watching this Roosters side, and um, they're as good as any ladies rugby league team I've seen uh, certainly at club level power up front uh, they've got uh, Bremner outstanding she didn't play last week Sergis and Kelly have been the Australian centres for a few years Racing McGregor she didn't play last week either um, she's outstanding ball in hand um, the forwards are, are solid Destiny Brill, very, very good hooker. She's come down from Queensland to, to play for the Roosters this year. Um, there's just, yeah, they're strong in the forwards. Maybe don't have some of the names. But Togatuki, obviously, very, very good. Kaylee Joseph, the lock also. Uh, and the two second rowers, Handy, Koenig, and Power. Um, Parramatta. Yeah, I haven't seen too much of their games this year, but they've been on the wrong side of the scoreboard in every game except last week. Um, don't quite have the star power that uh, any of the other sides have. Penitani, obviously, is is very, very well-known player. Played a lot of New South Wales. Um, Ashley Quinlan playing 5-8. Uh, my daughter actually played a little bit of touch footy um, in a rep side at, at a young level, Ash Quinlan was the best female touch footy player I've ever seen. And I've seen a lot of, of girls touch footy. Um, and she's now 
you know, playing in the NRL. So she'd probably be mid twenties, maybe 26, 27. Um, but uh, as a, as a, um, as a schoolgirl, I've, I've never seen a touch footy player like her. Um, so it's good to see her coming through in the NRL. Uh, they got the uh, got Kennedy Charrington there as well, but I just don't think uh, Samaya Talfa, obviously a very very good women's player for New South Wales and Australia, um, but uh, I think the Roosters and probably by quite a bit. Yeah, I think well, as you're saying with the with the sports bet here, I've just got the odds up for you. Um, Roosters are pretty pretty hot favourites here, dollar thirty two to the three forty four Eels. Okay, well, I would have thought it would have been even more pronounced but uh, mm. um yeah and the um, the knights are favorites as i suspected in that other game dollar 65 yeah. to 225 over the dragons um so you you'd go with that you'd expect knights roosters to be the team uh, i do expect the two yeah. the two heavy favorites to, yeah. to go through and play the grand final yeah and that's gonna i mean if that is the grand final it'll be an outstanding game yeah uh, for those that uh, get along to a core stadium, you want to get there and, and watch that game. Yeah, five it's to four, high quality. Five to five four to is the kickoff on Grand Final day. Okay. Um, so yeah, definitely worth getting there early. That's probably about four hours before the um, the kickoff to the um, the NRL, the big one in the NRL, which. But we're not that far away from knowing who's going to be in that one either. So plenty to look That's forward true. to this weekend. So even if um. You know, even if you are looking for some football on Sunday, um, I think Channel 9 and Foxtel, and obviously I think KO is a part of the, the Foxtel yeah. agreement, they'll all be showing the uh, the NRLW games, um, 205 yeah, thing, and 350. Surprising when you talk about, you know, getting to the game early and wanting to see something. Yeah. At the New South Wales Cup Grand Final on this weekend. And, yes. Um. In, in the past, that's been something that was played, you know, before a bit of a crowd. Um, I know Penrith's in it. I'm thinking that I'm, I'm not sure who they're playing. Um, is, it, is that the Bears or the Jets? I'm not sure. Uh, it is. Um, Give me a moment. So I think Penrith went through. It's and, not the uh, Bulldogs, is it? I don't. I may have Let no me just idea. have a look at this. I don't know why I thought it was a bulldog. I'm not sure who it is in the playoff. New South Wales Cup, Panthers versus Dogs. So, um, I think when we go back to the ladder, it'd be the Panthers finished second, Dogs fourth. So yeah, yeah. last week the Dogs beat the Jets to uh, right. twenty eight twenty six to to make the um. So the Jets were minor premiers, weren't they? Yeah, they got. They They're actually got done by. Sets. Yeah, and the two teams that have beat them are. Uh, Penrith yeah. and the Dogs. Uh, the Dogs also yeah. winning over the Bears in the final series. Um, yeah, there you go. But yeah, given the final series, um, yeah, I think they got the week off in the first week, the um, the Jets, and then lost to the Panthers yeah, and then the Bulldogs. So Panthers and Bulldogs definitely earning their spot. It's more ironic, Graham, because aren't they the, the, lower, the, the seconds of the Sharks? The Jets. Yeah. Um, so Sharks reserve, green team, I think. Yeah, I think they are. Well, both, you know, both of them going out in straight sets. So. Yeah, true. Yep. Not good for their 
for their no, well, I, mean, I don't know it's officially they're two different clubs, but it's it's essentially the reserve grade side a, of Cronulla. It's the same system. Yeah. yeah. And look, given that given that game there, I mean, obviously, I mean, as a Penrith fan yourself, Griffo, you'd be well aware of uh, Penrith and um, you know how prominent they are in in um, lower grade finals. Yeah, well, they made the flag grand final as well. Yeah, so there's um you know there's a I think they're playing a, the Knights. Yes, they are playing the Knights. That one's on Sunday, Combank yes. Stadium. I think that's before um, the uh, before the the New South Wales Colts. Yep, so I think uh, the flag is at one. Uh, the New South Wales Cup is at three. Uh, Panthers in both of those. So if you're a Penrith yeah. fan, it might not be. Uh, yeah, it might not be uh, bad to have a look at. And I think also, I think the online, the New South Wales Rugby League website yes, uh, might be streaming uh, yes. those games. I believe that's the case. Yeah, not on uh, not on any of the regular TV providers, but. Um... No, I'll tell you what is on TV, though, on Saturday, the Queensland Cup Grand Final. Ah, okay. Dolphins, Dolphins versus Devils. Dolphins versus Devils. Yep, oh, so we've got... That. Yep, so, um, you know, it'll be interesting to the see... The Devils, are they the storm feeder team? They... Um, that's a great question. Uh, I know. I've got a feeling the sunshine, of course, whatever it is up there, they may be a storm feeder team yeah, maybe in the past I the Devils don't know. Um, I have a feeling they might have an association with um, Brisbane just give me a moment because I, okay. I thought You're that right. Tyson Gamble was playing for them that's okay. the only thing that would make me feel that I'm just looking very quickly at their Does it's, that mean it's Reynolds is their coach yeah I was going to say no <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what though I'm just looking here at um just looking here at sides, we've got um, Tyson Gamble and Tyrone Roberts playing halves for the Devils. Okay, so yeah, it um, must be a Brisbane yeah. But um, yeah, the North Devils, but the Redcliffe Dolphins, um, look, they're in the NRL next year. Yeah. So um, this, this so could be they, a good opportunity for them uh, to... got the Bromwich brothers and Kafusi <laughs> in the side this not, week? Or? Not, not quite yet. Um, I know um, um, Smashing Baby, he's otherwise engaged this weekend, yeah. but... Yeah, all right. No, all right. not not quite yet. So, um, yeah. So, Dolphins, Devils in the Queensland Cup, Panthers, Bulldogs in the New South Wales Cup, and um, my understanding is that the winners of those two still play on Grand Final. Still play. Oh, okay. Right yeah, on. I think. Um, let me have a look here. I think the way it worked. I think they play before the women's game. I think it about. Okay. I think the gates. Here it is. Gates open on Grand Final Day at one o'clock. One twenty is the State Championship Grand Final, which I'd imagine is the uh, the winners of those two games we just yeah. discussed. Yeah. Three fifty five is the um, Women's Premiership Grand Final. Uh, Six thirty pre match entertainment and seven thirty is kickoff on the Grand Final. Oh, there you go. So there's your Grand Final game day, um, and basically, after look. Well, by Sunday night, we're going to know who the NRL grand finalists are. It By Sunday, we'll know the the uh, grand finalists in uh, the women's game and the um, I suppose the uh, reserve grade Super Bowl, if you want to call yeah. it that. Um, yeah, we'll find out by Sunday afternoon uh, with that one as well. So there's plenty of footy happening this week. Not only Certainly the two is. games, there's um, there's plenty to keep across. And look, I'll be honest with you. In the next couple of days, it's Wednesday as we're recording this. Um, 
we're going to have teams traveling. We're going to have captains runs. We're going to have players, you know, speculation over injuries, whether they're in or out. And then we're going to have two great games of football. And um, look, I can't wait this week. I think it's going to be an absolute um, crack around of footy. And I can't wait, Griff. I know you're looking forward to it as well. Yeah, it's going to, it's going to be big. Uh, I, I, from a, a rugby league fan, I want to see good quality games, not like last week. Mm. Um, I think I think they're going to be closer yeah. this week. I, I actually think that Friday night game could be very close. Uh, I hope so. Yeah. Well, I think that'll just about do us this week, mate. Um, thanks for thanks for sticking with us. You've done pretty well. I know you. you oh, weren't. Yeah. We Voice has sort of held up, but I didn't think it, it would. But, um, today we said, "Oh, we'll just knock out a quick one," and you know, yeah. <laughs> two hours and twenty-five minutes later, here we are. But, yeah. You know, you get you get the two of us talking rugby league. We're like a two. What about the podcast? Players. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look! But anyway, plenty to look forward to this week. Both of our teams are lucky enough to still be in the competition. Uh, if your team's still in the competition, good luck. If not, just enjoy the football because they're going to be belters this weekend. And um, we appreciate you being with us, and we look forward to uh, coming back next week. Indeed. Enjoy the weekend, everyone. <laughs>